With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm some hip-hop shit. Hey, yo, what's the name of that show? I'm some hip-hop shit. Where nerd culture collides with hip-hop. Tell them it one more time. I'm some hip-hop shit. Yo. <laughs> Meltdown Comics presents On Some Hip Hop Shit. Welcome to On Some Hip Hop Shit from a nerd perspective. Welcome to On Some Hip Hop Shit. Presented by Meltdown Comics and Collectibles. On Some Hip Hop Shit is a weekly podcast where we delve into all kinds of stuff, but primarily the civilization of hip hop and comics culture. Nerd culture. <laughs> Nerd culture, comic culture. What we mean by that is anything that has to do with animation, anime, nerdy pop culture. Hip-hop, cosplay, hip-hop. whatever. It's all fair game. And usually it's on some hip-hop shit. Most deaf. Yes, and we are broadcasting live from Meltdown Comics and Collectibles, Hollywood, California. B. Schultz, Brando Calrissian. Boom. How you doing, man? <laughs> yes, I've been, I've been anointed yes. by Mark Davis, who's to our left. Oh, yeah. Re- recurring guest. Hi, guys. How you doing, Mark? I'm chilling, man. A little tired, but you know, sake bomb. So- is this is this yeah. a sake bomb or what no, is this? Still, you need the sake? beer for it to be a bomb. Okay. It's just sake. <laughs> All right. yeah. well, that, put me on. Yeah. Well, there's another mystery voice because we have a very special special guest, friends of Meltdown for years, uh, Mr. Felipe Smith. Hello, everybody. How you doing? What's going on, man? Not much. Just uh, hanging out with you guys. About to. Get into some stuff. Get into some hip hop shit. Yeah, <laughs> awesome hip hop shit. So, is. real quick to educate Mark over here. Thank you. What are we drinking tonight? This what what do we call this segment, Brandon? This is called sipping on. This is sipping on. Sipping on. What you sipping on? Sip, sipping, sipping. Yeah, someone, someone educate. Educate me to the sake shit, cause I don't even know, man. I had it once. It was, it was. I didn't really like it. I gotta be honest, man. But I heard so much about sake, but I never li- like it was. It was cold. I didn't like cold sake. Man. <laughs> Someone put me on. All right. Well, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm not an expert, but I, don't know. I lived in Japan for four years. 
in this kind of way. That is why we're having the sake, by the way, because it's to <laughs> honor Felipe's Jap Japan excursion. Uh, but yeah, usually found in translation. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's made from rice. I guess like the most popular kind. Uh, there might be other kinds of sake actually, but I think these one, this one's definitely from rice. The other one, not too sure. I'm looking at it right now. So what? Uh, what do you pronounce that? It's actually sake. It's not sake. Uh -huh. That's how us Americans say it. But it's sake. And if you're in Japan, you would call it osake with mm. an o first. Like uh, a lot of things, it's part of the language. You add o to something like mizu means water, but you would say omizu, mm. and you know. Uh, so yeah, it'd be osake, but osake. yeah, but it's sake. If you say sake, it's like karaoke. It's actually yeah. karaoke, but right. Right. we call it karaoke, sake. We just like that E sound, I guess. That, that lazy American. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the lazy tongue of Americans. As someone who's multilingual, what's that process like? I mean, what do you mean? And like when you come from another country, right? Right. And then you get fluent in English. You get fluent in their language. Right. But someone who speaks English can't even be bothered. Oh, well, you know, I, I think, I mean, I actually, I, I had the advantage of growing up with both English and Spanish at home. Right. Uh, I was born in Akron, Ohio. Of all hey, I'm, yeah. from, uh, I'm from Ohio. All right. LeBron. I'm originally Cincinnati, then okay. Cleveland. All right, cool. I think Bron Bron needs a, a comic. <laughs> <laughs> An authentic comic. Well, I, think you, 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 I think he's probably had... Hasn't he had yeah. something? Yeah, something yeah. but you got to pull the Akron card. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I got you, dog. I didn't, I got I didn't you, grow dog. up in Akron. Right. Know very little about it, but hey, I'll, I'll draw you, dude, like that. Hey. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I left when I was five. I grew up in Buenos Aires, Argentina. My mom's Argentine. My dad's Jamaican. Uh, we all speak Spanish and English at home. So it's kind of weird coming back to the States for college at 18. I've been gone for 13 years. Uh, I was saying earlier, we're going to talk about hip hop. I missed the golden age. I didn't know. I mean, everything, all the heavy hitters from the beginning, all the guys that really like set things off for everyone else and kind of set it up as a culture. So I, what, what years were you gone then? So I left in 83 and I came back in 96, 97. Holy, yeah, that is, you yeah. just yeah. Missed, no, you I, missed, like, I missed it. Yeah, I missed it. You, you missed so Fat I mean, Boys, Run DMC. Oh yeah, yeah. All the way to Public yeah. Enemy. And, everything. I mean, damn. the the real Beastie Boys before, like, Sabotage and all that stuff. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah, I mean, Karis won. Like, all these nice. guys, like, I got back. Yeah. yeah. Right. I just, I knew Tupac and Biggie. That's what played on MTV Latino and Argentina. And I was like, oh, man, look at these guys. Right. And it wasn't even, like, their early stuff. It was, like, you know, uh, California love for Tupac. That's already near the end, mm -hmm. you know. And then for Biggie, it was Juicy. You know, so, I mean, most of the stuff I didn't know. And I thought that was like dope as hell. And like, wow. cause, you know, there's just not really, a, there's practically a non-existent hip hop culture in Argentina. So did you go back and dig after, you know, after you realized what you missed? Uh, well, you know what, man? Like there's, I, I, I my buddies listen to all sorts of stuff. Yeah. And like, I was, I mean, I grew up on rock and roll. I mean, yeah. I grew up like playing the drums and, uh, you know, I, and I learned to play the drums with like hair bands and like hard rock like guns and roses yeah. and stuff like that. so i mean by looking at me like you wouldn't be if you saw what i listened to you'd be like what this the guy what's this guy doing you know bad brains. Well, fish bone yeah <laughs> bad so it's like, brains um but yeah you know i came back i heard I all sorts harder. of stuff and and then you know like you get you know you get used to i remember listening to to wu-tang clan and i was like how many people are on this track like i you know like they all sounded different and there's like 15 of them yeah 
And I, and they're like, no, yeah, no, they're a big crew, man. It's the Wu Tang. And I'm like, do they use the same beat for every single song, dude? And then that's when I people wanted to beat my ass. But <laughs> so you're so you're 18. Yeah, you you come back to the states. I come back to the states and I go to Chicago of all cities. And Chicago is a very particular city. Shot town. Yeah, and um, it's pretty segregated. And I mean, I'm mixed. So I mean, like my mom's, you know, Argentine of of Spanish and and Italian descent. So I mean. She just looks like she's German. And my dad's Jamaican. So, like, being mixed in Chicago, sometimes they're like, well, you don't, be, you don't belong to any particular neighborhood. And the other thing with me was I spoke English, so people didn't know any better that I culturally, like, I'd missed a lot, you know, a chunk of, uh, yeah, yeah. of my American history. So it was pretty interesting. People were like, where's this? What? <laughs> I remember I went to a Wendy's once, man. I know it was cold. Oh, it was in cold Chicago as Chicago compared to Yeah, the Wendy City, man. And Argentina. especially There you go. Um, you know, our school was right next to the lake, Lake Michigan. So it was the loop downtown Chicago and like it got windy as hell. Like we had the the whole chill factor from the lake. Oh yeah. So I mean, if I mean, it it's no like, joke that they no, call it the Windy City. No, not at all. And I went there with my Argentine winter jacket. That was a joke. That's like some, uh, <laughs> it was super thin. My cousin's like, you finna die, son? Like, <laughs> what are you but, doing? Uh, yeah, and I didn't wear any gloves because you never really had to wear gloves in Argentina in the winter. Yeah. And like, I learned real quick, like my knuckles got chapped and cracked and I was like, whoa. That's the kid. hawk. They call it, that, that's where the hawk came from, right? Mm -hmm. They call it the hawk. Comes right, down from the lake and off the lake. cuts right through that jacket. <laughs> yeah. Go. So I don't know. I, I forgot what your question was. I completely went. No, uh, no, no. So you're oh, in Chicago. Oh, well, I yeah. mean, we, we got to get back to how you drink sake. But before that, so, right. but go on. But we might as well get to Japan. Good job, Adam. <laughs> keep a track. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to remember. <laughs> We're trying to keep it on schedule, yeah. right? Well, oh, there's no. no schedule here. <laughs> the air, why, air, air traffic control. And why is there no schedule? Because uh, well, it's on some hip hop. This is on shit. some hip hop. <laughs> <laughs> this is free flowing. Just yeah. living off the cuff, man. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. So, yeah. so, so you Chicago. Yeah. So I went there. Um, you a Bulls fan? Uh, well, I was there when Bulls won everything. Wow. Pretty much. I mean, I was there from what ninety six, ninety seven to two thousand one. So That's yeah. magical. Yeah. So I mean, it was yeah, it was nuts. It was crazy. Our school was downtown on Michigan Avenue, and. Uh, there's, uh, I think it's Grant Park. Now things have changed. They got that big bean sculpture and they got like a whole different thing going on. But they were building that while I was in school. But uh, they had Grant Park. I think that's the name. Mm -hmm. From Chicago. Yeah. Be yeah. Like, right. yeah. So we were right across from it. And I was, um, I was TAing or I was RAing for, uh, for high schoolers during the summer thing. So I got like free room and board, and which was cool because we got nice. kicked out of our other apartments so nice. i like i just transitioned right into like you know and uh they were lining up after the game the, B the bulls won and so they were lining up a day in advance for like the grant park like blowout with right. all you know everybody gets up on stage and they're popping bottles of champagne and they got music and all sorts of stuff going on they had like djs from local radio stations like b96 and whatever right. over there, and they throw t-shirts and all that kind of stuff but uh people would wait all night and we, the dorms were right on Michigan Avenue, so they could. we were looking out the window, and then we noticed that the people camped out, and there are already about 200 or so people camped out, and they saw us at the window. And I got, I got long hair, and like from that far up, we were on like the 14th floor, so like 
People were like, take your shirt off. Like, they thought I was a chick, man. I'm like, yo, I'm a, I'm a dude. You had dreads back then? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice. I've had them since I was 15. So, uh, And I'm 37 now, so I've had them for a while. Um, but yeah, so I had a sign. I started writing signs. Signs. I'm like, yo, I'm a dude. And then people were like, oh, like you could see him down there like, you know, clowning that guy. And then, uh, oh, that's funny. so then we started writing stuff on the signs, like, right. you know, like Tony coach, you know, and then like people, Tony Kukoc. And then like, dude, it was crazy because we would write stuff on the signs uh-huh. and like just tell them to do stuff and they would do it. <laughs> and it was crazy because that moment I was like, what? I was like 19 at the time. Mm-hmm. And then like it, it got huge to the point where it's like 500 people waiting outside that had nothing to do until like eight hours later the next day. So they're just bored sitting there. So like whatever we came up with, we're like doing like dances, yeah. you know, waving our hands and like everybody's waving them. I'm like, dude, like power. Right. <laughs> like, it was looking, crazy. You're looking down on the people. Oh, too, it was insane. Right? Oh, and they like completely. You're like the kingpin. They, yeah, it was or crazy. Or a master right? of ceremony. There you go. Move, there you move go. the yeah, crowd. Dude, oh, yeah. shit. Yeah. Oh, but it I was like nuts, that. right? Mm-hmm. So culture seems to be an interesting through line in your professional or your your travels as a as a young man yeah it's also part of my work in comics definitely always nice so so take us to how you arrive in la in the comic scene as a as a writer (laughs) artist yeah or even then though before like what were you doing art wise i mean how do you because you you obviously didn't just arrive as something you were you had to practice i'm sure right yeah well i've always liked to draw uh as a kid in argentina i mean by the time you're like 15 or so like you don't watch cartoons or read comics anymore it's kind of like there's more things there's other things you're interested in mm, you know about- uh girls if you're into yeah. that guys if you're into <laughs> that. Uh, but you know it was just kind of like it wasn't you know a big part of like you know you're a teenager you're not really reading comics so people mostly graduate from that kind of stuff early so i never stopped liking to draw but I definitely didn't really care about comics that much. So I kept drawing. I went to school in Chicago for, for fine arts. Nice. So that was like painting and drawing, yeah. sculpture. And, um, and actually, comic books weren't considered art at our school. And animation wasn't either. So teachers were like, don't do that. That's garbage. I had teachers tell me that shit, too. Yeah. They told me I wouldn't. It was like, you'll, you'll never be successful or you'll never make a living off of drawing cartoons. Like that was verbatim. Wow. Well, you showed that right, <laughs> real, real quick. As as we steal you away from DreamWorks right. uh, for the podcast. Amen. Oh, you're going back tonight anyway, right? Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm not going back there. I'm gonna work at home. But, right. Yeah, but still, I mean, it, you know, you just gotta stick. You just stick. You stick with it. You make your own path, man. Yeah, you it's know? animation, man. Yeah. You got that's how it is, man. You got yeah. any kind of professional endeavor when it comes to the arts. There's gonna be deadlines. That's it. I mean, if you're gonna pay bills with it, there's gonna be deadlines and headaches every once in a while, and and no and no sleep and no sleep. Yeah, you gotta. Yeah, there's a lot of that. I was talking to a friend, and he he um I had lunch with him, and he was saying he was like, I was I I stayed home for nine weekends in a row to get this this shit this dead this deadline done. Oh yeah. And then before that, before I came out, then it was seven weeks seven weekends in a row mm-hmm. in a row. I was like. Can I curse on him? Yeah, oh yeah. You, you <laughs> did, I just did. You, you did. <laughs> a few times. And, and you did uh, your episode, the Blockheads episode. Was you, I cursing a lot? Well, everyone be, else it was. Would be, it, would be pretty, it would be pretty fucked up if, if the comic book was, 
if the if the podcast title was on some hip hop shit and yeah. you couldn't curse. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Way to point out the obvious. <laughs> some some hip hop beep beep. Yeah. Yeah. Well then we, we might come with that. Actually, there was a discussion on whether we should call it the hip hop shit. Oh, okay. on some hip hop shit. Uh huh. Because of the shit. Right. We're like, this is the evening version. This is, you know, you could tune into your G Disney Click. Big right. up to Disney Click, which is a podcast on net on um, Meltdown Podcast Network. But this is the late night. Yeah. This is hip hop. This, this is some grown folk stuff. That, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So getting to be a grown folk, you had to start off as a youth drawing Chicago. Are you drawn at that time? Yeah. Yeah. I went, I went and I was, the biggest thing was my mom was like, Hey, like, I want you to be a real artist. I want you to, you know, do like real, you know, things that matter and are beautiful and are in galleries and stuff. And I was like, all right. Uh, I didn't go to a trade school. I went to fine art school. Um, because I wanted to see what fine art was. It's like, well, what makes what I draw these? At the time, I was really into Simon Bisley, so it was just like warriors with battle axes and just chopping dragons and goblins in half, like just dumb shit. Like, are that. you and, also into comics at this time? Uh, I'm into drawing, just and I drawing. I never read the comics. <laughs> like, I would really? just look at them. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, you could kind of tell that from your work that it's coming from an original, you know, original yeah, place. True. Like, yeah. It is all original. That's it's a good very point, distinctive. man. Oh, thanks, man. I, you know, I strive to do something different and something personal. But, uh, but yeah, definitely at that time, I, I just, I wasn't into the stories. I didn't even want to read them. I just wanted to draw, and I figured, all right, I wanted to draw comics. I would just, you know, draw what somebody else wrote. I just wanted to do the cool part, which was drawing. Right. And um, then I went to fine art school. I found out that like fine art is anything you want it to be, basically. You know, you could take a dump in a bucket and, oh. and it's going to be, that's art. That's an expression of you as a human being. Yeah. And as long as you can uh, back it up with some kind of theme, thematic and, and you know, that's, that's art. That's I was, some, I was at the yeah. Modern Art Museum in London. I, I, I don't even know the name and it fucking sucked. I mean, I was like <laughs> my kids wow. and this is a story that you can always, you, you can, you're right. You say that, but it's true. Oh, it is. It, you can really do whatever the hell you yeah. want. And call it what you want, cause that shit is a hustle. For a lot, of, a lot of these motherfuckers are getting away with murder. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I look at your guy's stuff, Mark Felipe. I look at your stuff. To me, that's the shit. Good Thanks, line Adam. work. Good pen. Good. Just what you guys do and how you guys express your artistic creativity is what I prefer. Thank you, sir. We will pay you later. Yeah, yeah, Expect yeah. a check in the mail. <laughs> no, we but, got you. <laughs> well, it's like, it's, it's, like, it's like six, five to six art pieces per page. Yeah. Oh, right. You know, right. in the form yeah. of a panel. Like, right. But you know what? Ironically, right? Like for most of the people I went to school with, you know, I ended up, my first two years, I was like some tortured young, you know, 18, 19 year old, kid because i was like i don't like anything like i got like super emo and shit like i was like because you know i took painting yeah and you know oh. and then in painting man like there's people they're super intense they're all dressed in black and they just smoke cigarettes and drink coffee and they're like man fuck the man and this and that and you know and i was like i, I was there to learn so i right. went there i had like my experience in college a lot of people you know they ask a lot of kids who want to be artists um ask you know hey should i go to college should i spend all this money to learn do i need it and the truth is you know you don't need it uh, you know, as long as you're learning and as long as you're picking up, you know, just skills and information, you know, you don't need to pay for it if, you know, if you're good at doing that. 
some people, you know, it's good to have a teacher and somebody to expose you to all these things because you're not that good at seeking them out for yourself. Right. And then in that case, school is great because you go there, you take a course, you're like, hey, I wonder what, you know, what it takes to be a fashion designer or a fashion illustrator or, you know, a video editor or, you know, and then you'll have a teacher. It's like, well, listen, if you can't do this, you're not going to do it. So do your homework, asshole. And you do it, you know. Let me. Oh, go ahead. Uh, did I cut you off? No, sorry, not at probably. all. Not at all. Oh, so let me ask you this. Um. So you went to, you studied fine arts, but mm-hmm. do you think you needed to go to school for art? Uh, I think what I, what I learned from, from that school was definitely not my technical, right. my draftsmanship and all that. you learn no. that shit on your own. No. Yeah. And uh, that's the one thing. It's like you learn from looking at stuff and practicing. Yeah. And, that's the and biggest studying. thing. studying. That's yeah. it. And if you, you know, if you want to learn to draw, you just draw. You don't, and you don't need someone to tell you to do it. No. Tell yourself to do it and do it. The one thing I did take from this school, which I'm really glad I went to, is we had critiques after right. every time we every assignment, and people would turn in pieces of cardboard with spit and gum and fucking bird shit on it, and like, and then they would talk up a whole thesis on it for like you know, twenty minutes, and, that shit was and they'd legit. get an A. Well, there was no A; it was pass or fail, but they would pass, and it, you know, and I saw a dude like he's like, help me out, man, like stomp on this piece of cardboard and like grab shit and like. Just fucking let's fuck this piece of cardboard up and this have is my a project. story behind it. Yeah, and then and just then, be like, this is this is society. You that's know? the hustle. Huh? We're all being trampled hustle, on man. by the man, and and you see these specks of shit. Well, that's like what life does to us, dude. As long as you there's something you're expressing through what you're doing, that's art. And the thing is, there that is a valid thing. That's and true. if somebody can feel that from your 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 splashes of paint on a canvas or your because the thing is, it could be splashes of paint. It could be like a, a beautifully rendered, realistic scale sculpture of a woman or a man nude. I mean, it says anything to anybody. I mean, what, what makes like some Degas ballerinas done in pastel right. more art than like a gold-plated toilet with flowers growing out of it? Nothing, man. It's like either you like it or you don't. And I learned that over there. And the biggest thing that I learned was, you know, if I wanted to draw some stuff, I don't want to draw fucking centaur with a machine gun and fucking helmet the teacher would be like well that's fine if you want to draw it why like right. what does this say to you right. what's, what's, what does it say what's to the us? reason and if you had a reason he's like well fucking paint that centaur with his machine gun but if there's no reason he's like we well, need to think this through a little more and figure out what what you're going to tell your audience about yourself as an artist through this piece and if you're saying something through it then that is art right. and i did learn that and as far uh, as i'm concerned everything i publish I definitely put, you know, my personality and the way I see things and my opinion on a whole bunch of things in the work. And I do it through dialogue and funny pictures and a lot of grotesque. And badass bitches. Right. Yeah, like, <laughs> for you know, sure. But yeah, there's always, there's never really as, as crazy. You can flip through. Which is interesting, by the way, because I want to get into that. Because that is something that is amazing, which I think you did with People Chew. Thank you, sir. But you also went to work for Marvel, mm-hmm. and they don't necessarily let people do what they want to do. Ah, but that's where that's where your craft comes as an artist, man. Okay. Oh yeah, dude. Like it doesn't matter. Let's Should we go. jump there or no? Should we wait? Should yeah. We wait? No, I'm all up for time traveling because right. um, we should. We should. We should. It would be great because when I remember Felipe, it's just. This dude with his incredible amount of energy, you know, Hell and yeah. passion, <laughs> and like, man, I am a, a Comic Con 
you know, seeing him at the Comic-Con floor, drink and draw, wherever we went, like, there was Felipe, like, mashing, drawing, talking about what he's up to. And that was San Diego. That was L.A. Yeah. In the aughts. And uh, talk about, I just want to, I just want to jump over there. Yeah. Hit Japan. And then, uh, all right, and then, and then and present then, day, yeah, and then present day, yeah, we could day. do that, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, when I started out in comics, the one thing I knew for sure is I didn't want to do what everybody else was doing. Uh, I just I refused it, not because oh, I'm special, I'm so much better than everybody. No, it's just I wasn't interested in what was going on in comics, and we're talking this is back in like 2000, 2000, 2001. Mm. I came to LA from Chicago, yeah, I came to make it an animation. Did a couple tests. They were like, no, you're never going to work in the industry. Really? Oh, yeah. Mm. One of the tests I did, I actually work for that company right now. I did a test for Nickelodeon. I work at Nickelodeon. I do character designs for Nickelodeon's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Uh, That's my full-time job. And then, well, my Marvel stuff with Ghost Rider is also full-time. I have two full-time jobs and I don't have a life. But uh, my first test coming to LA was for Nickelodeon for Invader Zim. And... That test was crazy because it was like design 37 characters. Oh, hell no. Yeah. No, things, have, things have changed a lot since, dude. Wow. Uh, How know, many? Did you design all 37? Oh, yeah. I stayed up all night. I did it and I handed it off. And did then they it give was you like, a week or how long did they give you? No, me? I did it overnight, dude. But how long did they? How long was the deadline? It was the next day? Yeah, I guess. I mean, that's when I did it. I also, <laughs> but you're... See what? That's what, a machine. What, this dude is a machine. Like, ah. like, like literally a machine. A party no. machine and a work machine. <laughs> I, see, I seen him party too. You did, right? I saw him at Meltdown partying. He's a hurricane, bro. Oh, That's man. my nickname for him. <laughs> <laughs> I might have drew okay. that. I drew a picture of you as a like, like you have a, hur- a see hurricane that, body, like like Tasmanian devil style. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> nice. Oh man, but yeah, I mean, like the biggest thing was, you know, I didn't want to do, I didn't want to do any superhero stuff at the time, at all, and the main reason was because I couldn't. Like there was no, there were no stories that were fictional or anything that I thought I could ever come up with to do that. But the one thing I realized was you write about what you know. And I knew about, you know, the kind of struggles I was going through, you know, just working minimum wage jobs at bars and postal centers and whatever. And, um, and so, yeah, I didn't want to do that. And I decided the other thing is I did these tests. And people were like, you're never going to work. And I didn't want to write for kids. I wanted to write for an older audience. So there were, you know, there was sexual content in the stuff that I did. There was violence. There was, the dialogue wasn't like dialogue found in comics at the time. There was cursing people. There was a lot of slang, vernacular, just people sounding the way they do on the street. And it's something that I paid close attention to. I think going back to our talk about culture, I noticed that right away when I came back to the States. Is how like people within one city, which was Chicago at the time, depending on what area you were in, people spoke really differently. And when I got back to the States, like I was straight up standard English, textbook English. I knew no slang. I mean, now I sound like ridiculous. I mean, it's just the you most, the grossest devolved into like <laughs> the grossest kind of English you could listen to. Um, but at the time, you know, I, I I remember going to Wendy's. I was gonna tell you guys about that. So I went to this Wendy's yeah. and at that time, you know, like I was 18, my hair was shorter. I didn't, like now my face, I got to shave twice a day if I want to be clean shaven at night to go out. Right, like right. I, but at the time, you know, I was, I, I was like a squeaky clean 18-year-old 
you know, and I went into the Wendy's and I'm standing in line and like, I was just overwhelmed by this menu. There's no Wendy's in Argentina. And I'm like, oh, they got, they got square patties. And I was just like, whoa, this is a trip, man. Hamburgers <laughs> around. What is this? And like this lady's, you know, she's sitting there and then she's like, she's like, what y'all want? And like I had no idea what that was. She's like, well, what y'all, what y'all, what? She's like, what y'all want? And I, like, and then I was like, oh, what do you all want? Is what she was saying. Right. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, and I was like, you know, I, I haven't decided yet. And she's like, huh? <laughs> and I'm like, I, I've, you know, I'm like, I've, I, I've yet to make my choice. Please wait, you know. And she was like, where are you from? And I'm like, oh, I'm from, uh, well, I was born in Akron, Ohio, but I was raised in Buenos Aires, Argentina. And she's like, oh, where's that? You're cute. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> she was about to eat and you like, up. Oh, <laughs> you thought you were getting food, but you were about to get eaten up. Dude, she could have folded me into a pretzel, dude. Like, she was, uh, she looked very uh, strong. So, yeah, at that time, you know, like, I was, I was figuring out, like, people's lingo and what they were saying, you know? And, uh... And then, you know, after, after living in Chicago for like a couple months, like yeah. already I was learning all sorts of stuff and then, you know, went back home. Was, like, was the gangs heavy back then? Um, well, I lived, yeah, I had no idea yeah. that they, they were and I just didn't know because, uh, you know, like anywhere you go, you go somewhere else in the world that you're not familiar with, you're like, you take everything in and you're like, all right, well, I guess yeah. there's always trash everywhere, broken right. bottles and people just hanging out at all times of the day doing nothing. I was like, <laughs> that's just Chicago. These guys are... Maybe it's their day off and they're all just hanging out on their porch, like just hanging out. You know, I had no idea what was going on. Like, all sorts of drugs were being sold on my block. And like, it was weird. We had like a, an old home in front of our building. And then two blocks down was like enemy gang territory. So like we lived, we lived between two gang areas. We were like right in the sweet spot. And as long as we didn't cross a certain street, we were fine and nothing happened. I didn't know that. And... But, you know, we, we shared this, there's this house and it was split. The landlord lived, he split the house in half. So he rented half of the house and he lived on the other house and he just split the stairs into two doors. Right. And like, we had a, a, a fence or like a gate, like an iron kind of gate thing going around the building. And like, it got crashed into twice by cars, Damn. like cars running away from other cars. And like, but I was all oblivious. I was going to art school. I was like skating downtown, That's doing skate funny. videos and just being stupid and then i come back i'm like oh our apartment's destroyed like what happened <laughs> right, right. and like you know and and you know my roommate i guess he thought i was because he was from chicago he was from the west side like right. basically that the harder rougher areas are the west side and the south side in chicago and um and i mean like there was cabrini green but that got cleared up that doesn't yeah, exist anymore totally that's like that's a big gone. project condos yeah um but you know when i was over there i had no idea and i remember one night uh yeah i was hungry and i'm like oh, i'm gonna go to that white castle Oh and uh, I'm about to step out. And then my roommate's like, fuck are you going? And I'm like, I'm hungry. I'm going to go get some food. He's like, no, you're not. You better eat that, that white bread you got in, in the <laughs> oven. Man. You better eat that with some ketchup or something. Uh, I had nothing in the fridge. Like, I was right. so broke. I paid, I paid $198 a month for rent. Oh, shit. Like, just so you Damn. have an idea of where, like, where I live. Slum. And, like, and I could barely make it. Because I, you know, I went to school full time and we had studio classes. So they weren't like an hour and a half or three hours. They were like straight up eight hours. Mm, right. And then you had homework. You had to go right. back home and keep paying. There was no part-time work. Right. Yeah. So like I had a part-time job at uh, Registrar's. Oh. 
but my checks were like $82. Like I barely made the rent. It was, wow. dude, it was crazy. So leaping forward, you're in LA. Yeah. You, you get turned down mm -hmm. for your submissions to Nickelodeon. Right. Now what? Uh, yeah. I mean, I went to Sony, a couple of different places, but they were like no go. And then at the time I was really into like anime was kind of popping off. They had like tsunami or whatever like back yes. in the day like i came back but like that was like they had big o and the, this is like 2001 big o's dope and uh and pokemon like had blown up that was the point where like pokemon and then it was Yu-Gi-Oh and and the right. digimon and everything mon like it was all and what happened to the <laughs> studios was man. they were yeah, like man. Dude, yeah man yeah man they what happened was <laughs> I'm gonna take offense now, man. I'm half Jamaican. You guys, I, that's stop, why man. I said it, man. We're trying to make you feel at home. Um, but what happened was these studios wised up, and they're like, "Dude, these shows are done, and we can buy the, we can acquire these properties for pretty right. cheap, and then we got like 56 episodes that we can air for nothing. We don't. There's no production downtime. We don't have to pay anybody to make stuff. You know, we don't have to do anything. We don't have to pay help for all these artists or anything. And so. What happened was when I was looking for work in animation, all the studios were angry that they were getting laid off because of like the success of anime. Mm. And at least that's the impression I got because whenever I went and showed my portfolio, which had more of a kind of a different style and more like kind of anime influenced, all the people looking at my work were like, oh, this is that anime shit. Like, we don't want that. We don't yeah, do that. I, we don't do I that found here. that, you, you know, what? I, like I found that super interesting that. Like a lot of people, like it's, it's usually like the traditional like American animators, like the older generation. Right. They they despise. Oh yeah, anime. Well, it's because a lot of a lot of people got laid off, and then all these show like networks weren't creating their own stuff right. around that time. They were like, "Why do that? It's way cheaper to just do this." Kids like it. Yeah. So I was kind of at that time. Like I think kids now that are into anime and whatever, and they're out of school and they're looking for work, perfectly fine. I'm on Turtles. Yeah. Plenty of those kids just grew up with anime and they like Dragon Ball and Naruto and all that stuff. And like, it's actually it, on our show specifically, Ninja Turtles, that's like a, a strength. Yeah. If you, you know, it's an action show with comedy and stuff, but I mean, just doing, you know, doing the right shots and, and figuring those things out, which you learn from looking at it. And anime, that's what I'm like, saying. Like, anime, like, I always thought like anime, they, um, because it, because it's, it's, it's like a lot of the popular shows were, with limited animation, right? They spent a lot of time with dynamic compositions. Exactly. And if you study that stuff, you know, um, I know now, like all directors, they want your shots to be dynamic, right? You know what I'm saying? And, and anime's been doing that. Mm -hmm. So I never understood why did they look down on anime when it's really what you should be looking to to make your show like that much iller. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think the thing is, you know, the animation is minimal and you got like those like moving mouth loops for yeah. talking and whatever. But I mean, that's just, those things are done on a budget. They have exactly. to be done really quickly. Yeah. And uh, and they just figure out, they, they choose their battles. They're like, well, let's make this shots be good. Let's make the storytelling good. Exactly. And then little details like, hey, these arms are flapping and you can tell it's like a cycle or whatever. Right. It doesn't so really what? matter for that scene. Yeah. But I think... You look at the Disney tradition of animation, you know, everything's, you know, there's like Fluid. double yeah. and triple, yeah. you know, you know, animation for stuff. And, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and it's fine. And I mean, I can see somebody who's really into like really bringing a character to life and, 
and, and breathing life through it with, with fluid animation, you look at anime and you're like, what is this? It's some, they're not even moving. Like it just does sidewards pan yeah. and with a, a flash of light and yeah, there's nothing. Upshot. Yeah. I mean like Dragon Ball, if you look at the cartoon, I mean, that's the biggest example of that. Yeah, it is. It's just, ah, but that ah, is for like, you know, that is, <laughs> that is some hip hop shit though, because yeah. someone, you know, an anime, they're not going to be like, oh, we don't have the budget to do it. You, you just know? do it. You make yeah. do with what like, you got. Well, yeah. yeah. We're going to make mean, it work. Japan's really good at doing it. We're going to tell our story mm -hmm. and that's awesome. I mean, I think what's really cool about your trajectory as a creator and as an artist was like that same ethic of I'm going to make it work. Oh yeah. You <laughs> like, got to, man. This you is going to get done. <laughs> so you got to make that lemonade, dude. You get those lemons <laughs> in it. It's on, dude. How to make a dollar out of 15 cents. Oh yeah. So talk to me like, uh, some of your early work, it was mind blowing because you talked about Culver city. Yeah. As, as someone <laughs> that's where I reside right now of Argentina, Argentina, <laughs> Chicago, <laughs> Los Angeles, Los Angeles. <laughs> um, you know, ended up writing and drawing about Culver City in yeah. particular, which was just genius to me. Um, just walk me through that phase of your life and 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 get us to the point where you say. I'm going to Japan, guys. Yeah. Well, the biggest thing was, uh, you know, once I didn't get into any studio and started working at restaurants and postal centers and stuff, uh, I went through like eight months of not drawing anything because I had like, really? I had two jobs just to make rent. Yeah. And like, they were both minimum wage and, you know, it was just like back to back. I'd go to Westwood for this Chinese restaurant then I'd ride the bus back, the number 12, that Blue Palms uh, yeah, bus. Yep, yep. I'd get off at National and there was a postal center on the corner and I would work there and I lived like a block from there. So I'd go back and forth, back and forth all day, every day. And that's when I decided, like, I need to draw for a living. Because, you know, at least I could, you know, take care of rent and everything. But I didn't have time to draw, and I was going crazy, dude. I was doing, like, I was messing up on the FedEx machine. Like, I was doing, like, messed up transactions and canceling them so I could print out a sticker to draw on, dude. Like, wow. I was dying, and I would just draw faces, and I was, like, going nuts. Do you have any of those? Uh, it's probably somewhere. Yeah, I, you I need to find. I, those I keep shit. stuff. I keep that, stuff. You should put that up on like your Instagram or something. Yeah, I, you know what I have? I have a box full of like sketches and like unseen yeah. like stuff. I'm just holding on to it for like a book at some point when like people really want to see it. That shit. I have a lot of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um. But um. But yeah, I was just like, well, I, and then I went to a Japanese, or I just went to a Japanese bookstore. I went to uh, I went to that. Uh, what's the name of that? Mitsua? Uh, Mitsua Market on Venice? Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. I went there and then I saw like they had, Venice now it's smaller. What? Venice and what? Venice and, no. oh, it's not Overland. It's no, like, it's I want to say, say national. It's not national. It's not, it's not national, national either. It had all that manga? Oh, dude. Yeah. Their, yeah. their section was way bigger yeah. back then. And like, it blew my mind. And yeah. I was like, oh, like I went crazy. Yeah. And I looked through everything and then, you know, and I, I was looking at stuff and I'm like, this person drew like 50 volumes of these 200 page graphic novels. Like What? And then, like, my mind was completely blown. And the biggest thing was, like, most of this stuff didn't look like what we saw on TV as anime right. or what the comics we got. If you look at the comic, the, you know, manga, quote unquote, it's just comic books. But, like, if we look at Japanese comic books that made it out here, the first ones were Gunsmith Cats, uh, Blade of the Immortal, uh, Evangelion with Viz. Yeah. This mm -hmm. is all, like, late 90s. Did Lone, um, Wolf, Lone Wolf and Cub in there? Lone Wolf and Cub, Cub and... Um, uh, what's the other one? Like Appleseed, mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. 
that all looked like they were very specific styles that were like super anime. Right. You mm-hmm. know, the, yeah, the big eyes, a really clean line. Flair the Immortal didn't. It was sketchier, but it was Neither like was samurai. So right, you're like, right, that's right. Japanese, yeah. you know, like it's it's from Japan. Full Metal Alchemist. Yeah. Full Metal Alchemist. Well, that oh, that's way later. later. That's yeah. way later. But uh, but Gunsmith Cats, that kind of stuff. What I looked at, man, like a lot of these comics looked like indie American comics drawn in Japan. It was all Japanese, but it was and it was drawn by a Japanese person. But like the style was nothing like what you would consider being Japanese. Nope. And so many things. There was like um, Grappler Baki, yeah. which I thought was like ridiculously horribly drawn. I was like, what is this? Did you and see, then it grows did, on you, and you're like, man, this is genius. Did like, you see the anime? No, I want to. I've seen yeah. I've seen clips and stuff. Me and Mike used to bug off that anime. Cause he used to just, he used to scream like uh, Dragon Ball. Oh, dude, yeah, yeah, of course, man. If you're fighting and you got like just the kind of muscles that don't exist Grab on me. even a Mister Olympia, dude, like, yeah, you got to scream. You got to let that heat out somehow, man. But uh, <laughs> but once I saw that, I was like, yo, I need to do this. Like, I need to just write. And there, and the other thing that I noticed was it wasn't people fighting. Like, it wasn't all Dragon Ball. It was like a lot of people sitting around talking, right? And like just wearing suits and just drinking coffee and talking. And I'm like. Well, you did a full series of people just talking. Like these stories must be something because nobody's buying this to to just look at drawings of people hanging out yeah. doing nothing. And that's when I decided, like, yo, like I could do, I can write stories. It doesn't have to be fantasy or about real life. Yeah, it just real life. I got plenty of stories, man. If you pay attention to your own life, man, there's so many comedic situations and and fucked up shit, and you know. And so that's the kind of stuff I decided I needed to write. You do you do such a great job with um with that shit and people and people true. Thanks, man. Um, the the contract killer dude. He's from. Is he from Chicago? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's Gil. I remember. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Giant. giant who, guy. who Who is Milton inspired by? Like, what What made you like? All right. Really get that character. Well, here's the big thing about people too. I went. I went to Japan to do that. Um, it which wasn't. Is, which is fucked up in its own, right? I mean, how many American or bona uh, Western, man. right? Western, no, just Western, just not coming to Japan to do what they believe to be their right. shit. Coming in the nineties, many. All right, I'm not gonna name people. Yeah, I, I, know, I, know, I, I know people. Yeah, there's people who've gone. This guy and have boasted of 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 going to do that, but then like nothing happens. But uh, Westerners who have. Uh, accomplished creating their own series that they've just did designs drew came up with a story and everything through the largest publisher in japan which is kodansha just one right and that's me hey Felipe yeah. Smith. there that's you it. go boop, to this boop, day boop, boop. <laughs> <laughs> to this day but hey. listen listen this is what you got to do to achieve that shit this dude taught himself japanese taught himself Am I lying? Yeah, no, no, I, I did because That's I figured pre yeah. pre YouTube. Yeah, yeah, Wait, man. This is the type like, of cat we dealing with right now. Mm, someone, someone, pour me some sake, please. Yeah, yeah I got you. I got you. I got you. <laughs> Here we. Who wants the 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 milk style? I got oh, you. I no, got it's you. the young man. The young. Well, yeah, I, I am the youngest here, so yeah. I should but be pouring for everybody. That's about to be the everybody. last drink on that one. Is that gonna keep? Well, no, this got you. This is a full. This is a full cup right here. All right, that's that's for Mark. I got you, son. There you go. Boom. Boom. Perfect. Measured. I barely taught myself English. I know, <laughs> right? I mean, how do you no, how, how do you start gonna, learning Japanese? I'm gonna be real, yeah, can real we, clear I, about that. Like, I remember you told me you told me you taught yourself Japanese, and that shit just blew my fucking mind. So I was no, like, no, I'm no. not even gonna ask any more questions. But I, I want to know how did you teach yourself? No, um, this is the thing. Like, uh, when uh, 
a person's in, in, in need and desperate in a desperate situation that you're able to accomplish certain things. And at that point, I mean, I'd been publishing. I mean, I, I wanted to publish. I hadn't even published when I started, you know, learning by myself. But right. it, I went to conventions. I showed them my work. I showed them the kind of stuff that I wanted to do. And they looked at my sample pages and they're like, fuck you, man. You're never going to publish anything. You got nudity. You got cursing. You got all sorts of gangster shit going on. People beating each other up and, and you, throwing up the dub. And they're you, like, this is not a comic book. Like, you're a, you should be just handcuffed and thrown in a, in a cell for drawing this stuff. And the thing is, I wanted to, I'd seen what they did in Japan. And I was like, dude, anything goes. It was like an HBO show right. or like an X-rated, like, like a, you know, a rated R movie. And I was like, why aren't comics like that? If, if you know, if, if adults are more, are like, there's more adult readers than kids at this point, right. which was the case in early 2000s. I'm like, well, why isn't it written for adults then? Did you I mean? Did you ever get deterred? Like, like, oh man, maybe I should tone it down a little bit. Hell no, man, dude. No, no. I love that's, that, that's that rock <laughs> shit. Yeah, right. That's, that's that bad brains. That's that fishbone. Oh, I love that. That's that rock <laughs> shit. No, I mean, especially at that time. I mean, at that time, I was, I was, twenty two, twenty three years old, and I and I discovered something new, which was like a completely different way of telling these stories. Um, I fell in love with black and white as well because it gave the reader an opportunity to imagine what the color of these things were and right. it made it more realistic, you know, because you, it gave more, it left more to the imagination of the reader. Uh, but the biggest thing was when I saw that, I, uh, I felt like, Hey, like I can, I can do this. Like I can, I can tell a story now for the, I remember I told you when I was in high school, I was like, no, I'll let somebody else write and right. I'll just draw. I'll do the fun part. Mm -hmm. And drawing is the fun part. I love drawing, but you know, I realized after showing my work to a lot of publishers and they were like, fuck no. Like, no. Like, I remember, man, I remember going to like, I just, I won't name the publisher. One thing I learned being older is that don't name. you don't, you don't throw shit all over the place right. and expect to be clean. Exactly. You're not so like, I'm going to take it easy. But I showed my stuff to a couple of publishers and they were like, there's no fucking way. And I was told like, you do what we tell you and you'll have a job. And I was like, dude, hell no. Like, I'll do it myself. You know, back then I was young enough to feel that way. Yeah. Right. I think now, like, sometimes you got to play ball. You don't have to change what you do. Right. But then, you know, but time you is definitely. you got to be creative about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. So at the time I was like, no, I'm just doing me. Fuck it. I'll serve soju and, and change laser discs at a Japanese karaoke bar and do my own shit on the side. And when it's done, I'll put it out. And at that same time, I was like, yo, I'll. I'm going to learn, I mean, if all these American publishers don't want to do what I'm doing, and they're not into it and they don't get it, I need to learn the language of the place where they're already doing it, and they're probably going to be more receptive to, you know, just my mindset and, and the kind of work I want to put out. So I started teaching myself Japanese, but it wasn't because, like, I'm super smart or anything. It was just like, I really wanted to do my stories. I still do. Mm -hmm. the, I, mean, I was 23 at the time, I'm 37 right now. I still want to do my thing. I've got a lot of stories I want to tell. I enjoy doing it. And it's a lot of hard work. It's not like walking the park. Like, no, nah, like you don't sleep. Sometimes you just, you know, like How you lose your mind. How much time out of the day are you studying Japanese? I mean, that... Oh, it's, it's an all day, all the time thing. Like, I, I, I remember I was going to this Chinese restaurant and the, the manager, you know, they spoke Chinese and they're laughing at me and they're like, well, you're trying to be Japanese? You know, like, they're like, oh, you got to like, you got to straighten your hair out oh, and shit. get a haircut. Like, they're all talking shit. <laughs> you know, like, whatever, you know, I needed that job. So I'm all taking it easy and mm -hmm. laughing, dude. 
And uh, and they're like, oh. but then, you know, they stopped laughing at me when I could tell what the menu said in Chinese characters oh, because shit. some of the Japanese, you know, Japanese use the Chinese characters as well, which is the kanji. Mm. And I'm like, oh, this is plum wine. And they were like, fuck you. What? Like, <laughs> what? How dare you? How dare you? This, man? Yeah. And then they were like, oh, shit. You know, and the cool thing is, like, I think any endeavor, like, you know, you, you, you know, you pursue, you know, the people around you are really important. And that's something like I always remember. And I mean, I mean that. Going but back Milton, to, who was Milton? Milton, okay. Milton is every fan of Japanese culture, be right. it you know music, comics, anime, uh, culture in general. Like, oh, I love the tea ceremonies, and I love you know any fan who's just just enamored and fully in love with with a culture that they only understand a minimal part of, a very superficial kind of minimal part of. Is who Milton is. I'm Milton, and that speaks. I think that speaks to so many people. I don't even know if you knew it (laughs) at the time you were doing it. That's what it was. It was for. I mean, it was the biggest thing about People Chew is that it's a book that uh, addresses two audiences: a Western and an Eastern audience, and Mm. it was mainly for Americans and Japanese readers. And you know, it's got so far. I've done you know varied casts. Uh, So you know, there's Milton, who's a, a kid. From Southside Chicago, and um, the other thing I've done always is like I've represented everybody in my books. So like Milton's a black kid from Southside Chicago. Then we got uh, Jody, who's like nondescript. You don't know he's he's toned gr- light gray, right? Kind of like some other characters I've drawn before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but basically, you can assume that either he's mixed or he's something. He could be the other thing that you don't know. Right. Right. Then there's Gil, who's the the white owner from Westside Chicago, who besides owning a comic book store is, a, is an assassin for hire mm. and he's like 12 feet tall and like he's just a brick wall and then you've got the side of japan because people choose starts in chicago and tokyo and so the tokyo side you've got morimoto rockstar who's an up-and-coming yakuza uh young guy who loves american culture and he's the counterpart of milton he's kind of the foil milton is this kid from Southside Chicago, who loves this anime called People Chew, and he cosplays like that character, but only when he's downtown Chicago. He would never dare dress like that in his own neighborhood because he'd get his ass beat. So he's wearing white socks gear and like trying to fit in with everyone else, which he hates because it's not his That's true not self. Him. He looks like right. Easy E though. He has the right. Easy E. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so like he wishes he was Japanese. Mm-hmm. All right. So you got this kid from Southside Chicago that wishes he was Japanese because he feels everybody around him will really understand him and be into the same things. And just share the same people that you experience with them. And I think, you know, finding your place in life, I think it's something that at some point everybody kind of deals with. Yeah. Uh, some people find it sooner than others. But that's one of the themes in people too. We've got Morimoto Rockstar who's born and raised in Japan and used to be, a, a you know, like an office worker. And one day, like somebody, you know, like grabs his girl at a bar and like he's scared. He doesn't know what to do. And then like he just loses it when this Yakuza guy, these two Yakuza guys that are like dangerous and he's scared. And they like tear her blouse off and then he just loses it and like just beats the shit out of them and stabs some chopsticks in their hands. And like he just gets crazy with it. Like he just gets wild. And then they're about to shoot him and somebody like slices the guy, the hand that's holding the gun off. And then there's Aniki, who is his like older brother and like the Yakuza boss who says, hey, I like your style, kid. You're looking for a job. So this guy becomes a Yakuza member. And then we've got another side of Japan, which is the Japanese schoolgirl. And there's two. There's mm-hmm. Kawamori Deiko, mm-hmm. who's actually a Gravia model. She's a model for uh, 
comic like weekly comic books in Japan, usually Shonen Jump, all these you know Bleach, uh, Gantz, all these comics that kids read that they don't know is at the cover you barely ever see characters. You always see a girl in a bikini, mm. really young girl, between thirteen and fifteen or sixteen. You know, different culture. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, and those those published you know like those books are for like a younger audience. So, uh, she basically is one of those girls. You know, she's like. She's got a, you know, like a, a killer body yeah. for her age. And, uh, and she's very, you know, chesty, which in Japan, you know, that's not a very common thing. So she really stands out. So she's been like, right. rec- you know, recruited to be a model and everything. And so she doesn't like being objectified, but it's also Japan where it's kind of like, it's not seen the way it is maybe in Western culture where it's like, hey, you know, I'm a woman. And like, how dare you over there? It's like, well, yeah, I'm a woman. And that's part of what, you know, woman... I'm different from men in that respect. It's different. I mean, that's a yeah. whole other subject. But basically over there, that's, that's kind of what it is. And there's this little nerdy girl that goes to school with her too. So basically I've got, you know, a lot of different parts of society represented here and culturally. And so Milton is all the kids here that are like really into anime and video games and manga, but that are not as aware of what's going on in Japan. And I've also read you know online and stuff and some reviews that they're like well people choose a little bit behind because now we have the internet and stuff yeah when i was doing this it wasn't the case you couldn't read shonen jump the same day online you couldn't like find you know torrent all your animes you couldn't do any of that stuff right and you know this book came out in 2009 man yeah like i said or 2000 yeah i went i went to japan 2008 came out in 2009 this was done a long time ago even though people are just finding out about it right now in 2015 they they need to come up with a term that you know you have before christ before internet. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. How, how did the Japanese audience take Pipachu? That's funny. Um, this is uh, the one thing that most, I mean, I'd say 99% of Japanese, com- of Jap- you know, like Japanese comics creators have in common is that they're all Japanese. So when you grow up in the same culture as all your readers, and especially Japan, which is a homogenous society, right. most people have had the same experience growing up, for the most part. Right. All right? They've gone to a certain kind of school. They've worn a certain kind of uniform. They've watched a certain kind of comedian on TV. That's they've eaten a certain kind of lunch that everybody's eaten. It's the lunch your mom makes you, your obento with rice and a plum and this and that. You know, you went to college, had the same experience. For the most part, every character, unless it's fantasy, has a name of someone you went to school with that had the same name. Mm. It's a very, it's like a big shared experience in comics. So most Mm. people can pick up a comic and feel right at home and understand what's Mm. going on. That's interesting. Now for people too, not only is the writer of a different audience, you know, of a different culture, different background, different ethnicity, different everything, country. Everything. um, The characters are also really varied. And even though Japanese comics have characters who are American or from Africa or from, you know, the Middle Ages or they're dragons or whatever, they all tend to behave like Japanese people, regardless of whether they're like from planet Namek and <laughs> right. they're super Saiyans or whatever. No, they're Japanese cats, right. you know, and they behave the way a Japanese person. They're, they're ashamed by the same things. They're, jo- they're overjoyed by the same things, you know. Sexualized by the same they, things. Yeah, exactly. But it's things that, you know, an audience understands. And for me, you know, I wanted these characters to feel and, and sound like American characters when they were. And the more uh, challenging part was making them sound and feel like Japanese characters when they were as well. Mm-hmm. And that's where like, I talked to my editor and we had long like four-hour talks about like, no, that's not how a Japanese girl would react. Yeah, mm-hmm. She would not be offended yeah. because 
that, you know, this and that and the other. And I'm like, well, what? But the thing is, it's also a comic. So, you know, just like Japanese people in comics high five and hug each other and do all sorts of things that people don't do in Japan in general. People, you don't hug your friends in Japan unless like you're trashed drinking or they're really close friends from childhood or you guys are just two kooky Japanese people. Right. That decide to do that, but for the most part, it's Cookie. not a common thing. Yeah, mm. I love that word. And uh, same thing with like uh, shaking hands and, and high fiving and stuff. You know, by the way, you say high touch for high five in Japan. Mm. It's high the touch. high touch. High yeah. touch. But uh, but just that word in general, like touching, like a touching. You know, right. someone else is not a big part. Which is of, crazy because when you get on that train in, in Tokyo, <laughs> yeah, you I'm do sure. all sorts of <laughs> yeah, <touching. exactly. laughs> yeah. Um, this is violation. Let me yeah. ju- let me jump. Let me um, let me let me teleport again. Uh, there's a a part of uh, volume one, people chew. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the chapter is named like "Nasty Vacation." Oh yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and like this is the part of this is one part of people chew where I'm reading. I have like small children like in the <laughs> other room, and I'm like, I can never let them see this ever again until they're 18 yeah well yeah, <laughs> not exactly. not even yeah, not like, yeah. <laughs> it might be like 25 yeah, yeah. once they have their own kids they yeah. can they can, <laughs> they can read it <laughs> and, and you know it's funny i went back when we were getting ready uh, for this interview i went back and looked for my people too i realized i put them out of the house did you like wow it's <laughs> like they're in your trunk <laughs> they're like out in the garage oh, yeah, yeah. I, I i will say i had mine on the top shelf Okay. Unreachable. Unreachable. Oh, man, I've gotten Solid texts choice. from people, yeah. like friends who got it, and they're like on the way back from the convention on the train or the airplane, and they're like, dude, this is the hardest thing to read in public. Like, I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like looking over my shoulder, making sure people don't see me reading your shit. Yeah, but, we're, but, we're, but we're enjoying it because, you know, it's not just like um, just guilty pleasure, like even though there's that element of it. Those are some nice I, boobies. I think you, no, I, 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 I mean, can I say that? Do you remember? You, you did your homework on boobies. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how you got that. How did you, yeah. you get that influence? Um, <laughs> no, what was really cool is that, you know, you, so you have this se- highly sexualized, hi- highly charged, you know, chapter. Right. And uh, you have Jody, who is the character who's kind of like. Um, you know, he's, he's a little bit of studio gangster in him. Right. But he's he he's telling the story of his conquest. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That you're, was great. And then at the same time he's telling the story and you're seeing the conquests, there's like these little thought these little word bubbles, mm-hmm. or maybe even thought bubbles, yeah. you don't even know. That says like I'm a loser, right? Yeah, you know, and he's and he's, 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 he's killing he's, it he's though, bragging like, yeah, on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It's the quintessential expression yo you know lying on your dick (laughs) (laughs) you know what you know what encapsulated in one chapter of people with you that shit is the j cole song Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know the j cole song that that they playing like fucking a hundred times a day on the radio right now right right. talking about yeah yeah he's talking about having sex for the first time but he's bragging He's he's bragging to the girl like he, like he's a pro or whatever. He killed it, but he he killed it, but he never had sex before. Right. Someone oh, someone yeah. should do a mashup with that shit with with that song and, <laughs> and those images. Right. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. Find an editor true. and tell him to do that shit. That shit'll go, go viral, bro. Yeah. There you go. And there I just want right. just give me a piece. That's it. <laughs> Weren't you right, asking bro. for a piece last time? <laughs> I'm always asking for a piece, yeah. Adam. 
Hey, that's that's like, it's a good, good business sense right oh, there. Dude. Man, everything with this guy is a piece. <laughs> yep. You're damn right. Be careful, hey, Felipe. Man. He's coming after your piece. No, <laughs> man. Pause. No, that's a great. <laughs> <laughs> awesome hip hop shit. Yeah, man. So, yeah. You know, I, the thing about that scene is that, like, um, you know, as I said before, none of my stuff is gratuitous. No matter how sexualized it is, no matter how violent, no matter how nonsensical it may seem, it's always a planned moment that is character development. Right. Or it's leading up to something that's going to happen maybe in the next book or even in the next chapter. It's not – never read anything I do and think, oh, yeah, this guy's just being an asshole. Never. And no matter how crazy it might, it might seem, the biggest thing I want, I'd, I'd like for my readers to expect is that if they see something that's highly entertaining and might seem nonsensical, be ready to see where it's coming from. Yo, that's that's a, a very important that's thing. That's the art, art study – yeah. Stuff you were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, everything's sure. got to have a yeah. purpose. It exactly. Can't, it can't be some BS, right? Nonsense. It's got to have some feelings, some reason behind it. Right. Or otherwise, you're getting your F. Exactly. Word. And I think the most entertaining stuff is when it's just like, you know, comes from left field, and you're like, what? What is this? But the thing is, if you trust the person that's crafting this, you're like, I can't wait to, to see, see what payoff. this is. Yeah. Like, right. oh, that's and that's entertaining because yeah. you're like, whoa. Yeah. You know, like now, on the other hand, if you have all these crazy things, like I, I want to lo- use Lost, the TV show, as an example, we're throwing so many things and we're like, oh, man, the show is the best. And for me personally, at first, I was like, I couldn't wait to see where this <laughs> polar bear came from and where all these things happened. And then eventually more and more craziness got thrown at you, but no- nothing ever got explained. And, and by the time like, you got to it, like the, sec- the third season, you're like, maybe... Maybe the writers don't know where it's going. They're throwing these stuff that seems like, you know, it's, it's tantalizing you and like exciting yeah. you. And, yeah. But then they're like, I don't know where to yeah. go with this. I was, I was out like, after season three. Yeah. I was out. That's, well, that's yeah. the point where you realize they're just doing yeah. stuff and like yeah. you will never, you might never find out. But it lasted five seasons. But your, oh, yeah. Yeah. But your shit is not like that. No, well, I just, not. I try my best not to ever do that, you know. A lot of times, uh, just from writing stuff now and seeing and also talking to other creators, um, it's important to know when to, you know, put down the breadcrumbs and kind of lay yeah. a path for the reader, you know, and, and, and have these Easter eggs and stuff. And the more you can plan ahead, the better. Sometimes things change. You plan for something. And then as different dynamics start taking place in your storyline and other characters kind of do their thing, you're like, oh, you know what? What, in, what if instead of this guy doing this, we have this other guy do this? Mm-hmm. And then, it, you know, so sometimes, you know, things like come out of nowhere that are way better. But it's always good to know when to plant a seed that could be something. So right. yeah. sometimes, you, you know, for the most part, you, you try to plant it the most possible, but you also need to, timing-wise, you need to know. Right. And this is one thing I learned from my editor in Japan. Uh, he would say, well, this is the, a great moment for something to happen to this effect. We need something that's mysterious here. And he's like, I'll leave that up to you, but it's like, this is the moment to do it. Right. You know? And... And it was great. And sometimes you know what it is. For the most part, you you want to know what it is. You don't yeah. want to just leave it to chance later and be like, ah, and then have some nonsense. But and then in I mean, in defense of the lost guys, mm-hmm. that was the beginning of the golden age of television. So they threw a bunch of crazy stuff out there. And in real time, <laughs> right? Yeah, you know, we're trying to create the story with a machine moving oh. behind them of hundreds and hundreds of people. So by the time, you know, the, the, the tail of the whip came around, 
it was very it was it was right. a hard lash and and they don't get a free pass but there was actually a twitter beef with uh some of the guys from the uh game of thrones okay you know because they threw they threw lost under the bus like we're not gonna pull a lost and damon well, damon lindelof friend of meltdown uh-huh. full disclosure yeah <laughs> damon lindelof um said oh i didn't have three books or what is it seven books yeah and you know an unlimited time to like come up with my story i'm sorry that i fucked up like i've already taken my mea culpa like also also i didn't have a lost to look upon and see what not to do right you know because they were doing their thing at the time completely i completely understand that and i'm not Listen, I'm just saying, like, yeah. you know, I, I watched it. Actually, later on, I watched everything, and that's a different story. But um, I think Lost and the way comics are made in Japan are very similar. Really? Yeah. And if you, yeah, and if you talk mm. to, like, a lot, of the, a lot of the really prolific and popular creators in Japan, a lot of them will tell you, I don't know where this is going. You know, so their game, wow. is, their game is doing it on the fly. Mm-hmm. And the, the best ones, they do it that way. It's not only is it spontaneous – and this is the hard thing about making comics in Japan. And I think the better you are and the more uh, just naturally uh, these things come out for you as a creator. Like, you know, I, I think the people who do it really well, they kind of have something where they, they, they just have a feeling that they're like, I'm going to do this. And it works. And they also have an audience that's in tune with like their sensibilities. Right. That's a very important part. Because these are weekly series, man. Mm-hmm. I was doing mine was monthly. It's like a comic yeah. strip. And it was 40, between 40 and 60 pages, depending on the chapter, right. every month. But these guys are doing 18 pages a week, every week for years on end. You mean this wow. shit? What you were doing right no, here? No, mine was monthly. Luckily, I would have died. I would have died in Japan. You almost you got <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you got did, really yeah, sick yeah. though. No, I did. I got. I got. I'm still recuperating from those four years. Because wow. I sat. I sat. I sat 18 sick. hours a day in one place drawing. Listen, I wrote. I scripted. Wrote. Oh, did they bring the same someone thing. in there to give you a massage after a while? <laughs> The company didn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like they uh and also assistance. This is one thing for kids who or kids or adults too who might want to do manga and whatever. Um you don't the publisher doesn't provide you with an army of assistants to do stuff. You have to pay them out of your own pocket. That's, so manga oh, wow. is a is a royalty-based job. So if you the more books you have on the shelf, the more income you get. But when you first start out, you don't have any royalties at all because you have no books out. So, And the page rates are way lower than they are in the States. I wonder if that's because of the caste system that you know Japan comes from. You know in what I'm saying? In terms of the assistance? Yeah, just the way things are structured. You know, I mean, you, you, you read back, or I read back in what Japan society was like, and there right. was definitely the higher class, the lower class, the peasants, this and that and the right. other. Do you think that that applied to no, how? Like to to the I mean, this day there's no real like there's no class. There's ranks in terms of like your position professionally, and also age. And I mean, you got your kohai senpai thing where like you know you guys are all older than me. And even if you might be like slow two, down, slow down there. Hold up, hold up, <laughs> young buck. There's a thing. <laughs> even if you may be like one or two years older than me, which is the case too. Right. That already makes you an adult compared to me. And so you know, like we were talking about, we're drinking sake right now. Technically, I should be pouring sake for all you guys and making sure your glass is never empty. Well, That's just what it is. I've been failing this, bro. I've been waiting for a segue yeah. for pour some sake. Yeah. <laughs> Someone pour some sake. I got you. I got you. But that's the way it works, you know. So 
uh, hierarchy wise, no. Uh, you definitely pay your dues. That's all. I gotta take that cap off. Before yeah. You pour, right? Like, what's going Slipping, on? Slipping, youngster. All right. There you go. I'm sorry. Ah. There you go. So um, I'll take one too. There you go, sir. Word. Dozo. Dozo. What are we Dozo? Dozo? Arigato. 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 Or you could just say domo, domo, domo. Domo, domo. All right, youngster. <laughs> and of course, I pour my own because I'm the youngest. Do you pour your own? If you're unless guy. unless an older guy is like being cool, but oh, uh, oh wait, wait, I'm I'm a cool. Nah, okay. I, I'm cool too. Don't believe that. Well, also like also, also, <laughs> also as a younger cat, That's you don't you, you don't want to. No, no, my kids don't tell me that. <laughs> you don't want to you don't want to have the older guys get be bothered to serve you. So you're like yeah yeah I do what I do what I do I'll do it myself. All right. So um. So anyway, we're talking about what we're we talking about. I, I mean, you're just so kind of spitting about the the process in japan oh yeah okay so yeah so they it's on the fly man yeah and like you sit down you have these meetings you know i was doing everything and i i could only afford to pay my assistant for seven days out of the month Mm. to to help me on the monthly and i would usually do stuff that was like you know backgrounds or whatever and i'd give them photos to work off of or just directly trace so i knew what it was going to look like in the end and i would do all the characters the story and all the inking and then he would help me with the toning but uh you know, once you're like have series out and you're popular, now you can afford to pay these guys your page rate. So you're not getting paid a page rate by the publisher. Mm. Sometimes you're actually paying money out of your own pocket for everybody waiting for your royalties. The thing is, in Japan, you can become a millionaire off of a series, literally off of like two or three volumes. You're buying houses already. That doesn't Damn. happen here in the States. Mm. It, it can, it's starting to happen now with, with independent stuff. Did you buy a house off of what you did? <laughs> no, man. What I did <laughs> afford to do was pitch for two years straight living in Tokyo, one of the most expensive cities in the world, without pay. Because you don't get paid for your pitching process. So the last two years I was in Japan, I was pitching a new series. I pitched five different series. Wow. Only the last one got accepted. The whole time I wasn't being paid and I was spending money like crazy. I depleted my savings for the first two years. But I was able to be there another two years. I, I thought I didn't want to go back before. Like you know, I thought, okay, the next series I get... Because it's, it's pretty demoralizing when you're working your ass off, working 18 hours a day, nothing gets accepted. I've got over six or 700 pages of thumbnails and stuff mm. and character designs and just general like Bible, like of comic book, like different, different stuff. Different. I brought it back with me and like some of it I'm using. Eventually, That's, that stuff is always evergreen, bro. Like, oh, one yeah. Thing, one thing I learned, like no stuff, once you create it, that shit doesn't go away. No, not at all. And you can always use story points yeah. and characters and stuff yeah. for other stuff. Uh eventually one of them got uh accepted yeah and i thought you know as much as i was just you know just feeling down and just feeling like man do i suck this much that i'm nothing gets accepted eventually i thought well as soon as they accept something then i'll have all my strength back and i'll, right. I'll keep going and the opposite happened like they accepted my my fifth pitch they were mm. like yeah kore wa omoshiroi da to omoimasu and they're like this this it seems like it's interesting. Let's do it. And then I realized, like, dude, can I be here another four years working like this? Fuck. Having three days off a month. Like, you know, when people are like, oh, we're going to do this. Like, they don't, they don't realize, like, the logistics of making comics on a monthly it. or weekly basis. I mean, weekly is even worse because you have, you got to draw 18 page, You got to publish 18 pages a, a week. You have seven days. Four of them are usually spent figuring out the story with your editor because they'll be like, no, that's not interesting enough. And they've had decades and decades and decades of comics where they're like, no, that's been done before. Like, let's try a different angle. So you only have three days to do 18 pages. Mm -hmm. 
And, you know, yeah, that's where the assistants come in. And, I mean, I've done Damn. a lot of pages. I mean, my record is is 12 pages in one day, mm. just penciled and inked, not fully toned. Mm -hmm. But that was just the worst. I didn't sleep, and the, the pages look horrible. I mean, they're well, fine. They're, they're in people that you won. Wow. But I hate them, but I had yeah. to do it, you know? Wow, you can't really tell the difference. That's great. You, I, don't you know, I don't know if that's good or a yeah, bad thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Probably a little of both, man. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you probably, the memory of those pages probably. You know what's messed up? left you. There's pages I look at that I didn't remember drawing when, they, when, I, when I started wow. toning them. Because I was like, like half asleep. Yeah, like I was delirious. Like I was just drinking. They got all sorts of energy drinks to keep you awake in Japan. What's that? Like, whoa, like just some serious like crack drink. It's crazy. Correct. Like, no. We gotta bring that here, Yo, bro. No, I'm serious. I just want a piece. That's yeah, the next yeah, yeah. podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> crack talking. drink. Now you're on to something. Now we're gonna make some money. Crack Figures drink. you yeah, want a piece. Right. One of these episodes, you're gonna make some money, Mark. That's got America written all over. I'm trying. No need to come up with a name. I think there is, there is a crack drink. Oh, somebody. There was a cocaine, it. wasn't there? That, like, no. that, that, that energy drink called cocaine, and they pulled it off the shelves. No, no. It was. I think it was in. You know Ron Wimbley? Yeah. He posted something on Instagram that said crack drink. And he was like, this was, Oh, really? Yeah. He was like, this was never, it was crack drink or crack something. He was like, this would never work in America. I was like, it <laughs> might work. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. With the right, with the right uh, marketing, campaign, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe we no could doubt. advertise that here yeah. on the Hip Hop. <laughs> this show has been brought to you by Crack Drink. Yeah. <laughs> Stay up for three days in a row to meet your deadline. Meet hey, your deadline. But you could crack drink. You could produce some good ass shit. Yeah. Absolutely. I so, mean, we got so, some. so you or at least speedily. I don't know. How good you might not remember it. You might not remember it. You so know you, what? You're so a little hard on yourself. Series number five out of you know yeah, five. Yeah, the fifth one. Right, the fifth one yeah. gets pitched, and you just you say, "Yeah, I, I, I'm I, tapping out." I was like, "Yo." I realized, I'm like, well, man, I'm going to have to live like this for who knows how long. The other thing is this. There's no really written contracts in Japan. They're all like word, you know, word contracts, and they keep their promises, and like it's, they're very different from us. People here, unless it's in signing, they're like, well, fuck you, I didn't say that. Like, no. You know, over there, like they really like take pride in keeping their word. And so the flip side of that is if you're going to do it, you're going to do it. doesn't matter if like, you know, you're getting sick or like you got a headache or you're you stressed. Just you do your shit and right. it has to be on time. Right. And they'll cancel your series if it's not on time. Yeah. Like it's, that's, it's a big thing. I mean, I did 750 pages of original content in a year and a half. Mm. 753 graphic novels. Wow. Over here, you know, monthly comics are 20 pages. Half the time, because it's assembly line style, you either just write or just pencil or just ink or just color or right. just letter, mm -hmm. you know. But over there, you do everything. You're like a one-man show for the most part. There's... There's there's art and writer teams too, just like here. But so you know, you just do it, just Nike style. Just right. do it. So yeah. that's it. Can I ask you how long? How long? Like, what was the longest period of time you stayed up? Like, how many days? Three days. In a row? Yeah. I've done. I think I've done three. Yeah, it's horrible. It's your. You start hallucinating. Yeah, your hearing's all off and like you see yeah, shit on the on your peripheral. And then you look and yeah, it's not good. Oh, that's my. Also, a bad disclaimer here, like. <laughs> I think a lot of people, I see this a lot. All right, like sometimes on Tumblr, um, I post this thing that says like, you know, you know, it's like, hey, for shout out to everybody who can't go to sleep because they got to draw tonight. Like, let's do it. And it's just like a crappy drawing of me. Like, yeah, you know, like fucking do it. <laughs> and like people post, repost the shit out of that. And the, they one, usually, the one with you crying and shit when you That's drive? another one. That's, I got three. I was going to repost that one. <laughs> yeah. Like what I noticed though, man, is like a lot of, a lot of artists, you know, and a lot of kids in school. 
they res- responded to that. They're like, yeah, man. And they usually like they'll, they'll holler. I'm usually like, yo, roll call, shout out. And they'll, they'll repost and type like, yo, I got my, I'm not drawing, but I got a math test. Dude, people are staying up doing shit. Doing shit. You know? Mm-hmm. And like, it's good to know that other people are in that grind with you. Yeah. You know, like I got another one where I'm looking happier. That, that's one time I, like, I drank I've some coffee. I've never seen that one. All right, I'll show you. But man. you have the big coffee like, like it's a drawing where I'm just like, oh, like I'm just cheesing and looking oh, like did, a maniac. I did see that one. And it's like, it's like, yo, like if you're in the fight, you're not the only one. Like, right. let's fucking do this. This coffee's working. And that one also gets reposted. There's one of me crying. And I that, seen one's, that one. Yeah, that one's like. That was late. All right. Yeah. So and that one, they also repost that one. They're like, don't worry. What, no, what's like, your Tumblr? What's your Tumblr? Uh, my Tumblr is Felipe, F E L I P E, Smith Art is my Tumblr. So, um, so is Peepo Chew done? Uh well it it ends on a kind of a cliffhanger. Uh thematically, you know, I I did kind of tie everything in semi neat bows in terms of like what's going on. But there is a cliffhanger and it's definitely there's room for it, the story to continue. And I'd like to at some point. The thing is, uh I need to do a couple things in between. And I need also need to have some time away from what I've experienced in Japan because I want the next story you, to come from a different perspective. But like, it's been you've been away. I've been away for three years now. That's not enough. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. All right. All right. Uh, the other I thing can, is, the, just for the story, for the story to be in, interesting and, and definitely a departure from the last uh, three volumes, uh, I was telling a story about characters where myself as a writer, I had more experience in them and I could understand things that they did not. Because none of these American characters who go to Japan speak Japanese. Really, right. Milton right. thinks he does because he learns this from this anime <laughs> called People Chew, but it's all wrong and it's gibberish. Right. And the company subtitled it completely wrong, um, which which is basically reference Real to kids shit. who want to learn yeah. Japanese through anime. Unfortunately, just so you know how it is, uh, for the most part, you learning Japanese through anime is like Japanese people learning how to speak English through Sesame through Street? through no through like listening to Goofy and Mickey and. Mm. <laughs> like people don't talk like that in Japan. Right, they right. don't. They don't. Like they're like, <laughs> like dude, people don't sound like your car- your favorite cartoons in Japan. They don't. Right. And if you talk like that, they will look at you with the biggest face of disgust. You. They won't smack you because they're they're not very confrontational and they respect others, no matter how fucked up they may be. But they will be very disapproving in their own mild mannered way right. about your like Cook at the clear. <laughs> like just no, nah, just that's cartoons. That's not that's not Japanese. So Milton learned it the hard way because he thought he was learning Japanese through people too, and he was learning gibberish, and a lot of it sounded really offensive in Japanese in the book. Right. But that was a reference to that. So you brought it out. Yeah. You well, like a lot out. of stuff I did in there. Jody, they tell him like, hey, you're gonna be a superstar in Japan. Right. You know, a lot of uh, foreigners. You know, they tell him, oh, when you go to Japan, you're gonna stand out and you're gonna be. You know the talk of the town, and you're gonna. And, and for the most part, I mean, it's still pretty homogenous. Right. Uh, it's just like you know. I think people paint a picture of Japan over here that sometimes might not be what you see over there. And it, it, right. everybody's experience as a foreigner in Japan is very different. And some people have way better time than others. Uh, I think most foreigners don't go to Japan to work for a Japanese company, so that in itself will make things very different for you. Yeah. 
that you know you won't have as many societal pressures as a Japanese person will. Yeah, you right. definitely so, had that. But so, I did. So, so yeah, you've been different. back for three years. Yeah, it's okay. still not enough distance. <laughs> well, what I what I was getting at is that for the next, the, if the continuation of the story, I want these characters to be closer to my knowledge of the country and the culture to make the story interesting. Because the whole like I'm a fish out of water. I don't know what's going on. I did right. that in People Too. Right. Now it needs right. to be like the next step. Hey, I'm a Westerner. But I know what's going on over there. So would it be people, that, would it be people Chu four? I mean, would, uh, you, would you continue the series or would you do a whole new? Yeah, day? well, I mean, it's set up. It's set up for there could be a four. The thing is, some of these characters will have cameos in something I'm developing right now. Oh, yeah. Is, this, it, a, is this a private piece? What's this? Yeah, it's a, well, it's going to be self published, and uh, right now it's just in the works. I've been. It's basically what you know. Something got accepted in Japan, and then I was like, I realized. As I was um, developing it, that it, it was going to work way better for a Western audience because you know what happens when you write for a Japanese audience is you have to uh, tailor things to their their tastes and what they're used to. So it, that changes a lot. You know, it, it changes your product. And for me, the themes and the overall genre and a lot of the things that would make this you know kind of like a powerful story that's entertaining. Uh, I thought was best left untouched. And I mean, I think a Western audience right away off the bat would know what's going on where for a Japanese audience, I would have to do a lot of explaining and and kind of tailoring, which I didn't want to do. Nice. Quantum leaping forward. So cool. Um, Just the first pages of Ghost Rider. Oh, (laughs) yeah, yeah. I mean, that's amazing because you just you just jumped because it is. It's three years back in america and now we're talking ghost rider right i mean this is an iconic marvel brand right all i needed was like five pages and i'm like I'm but in. this is <laughs> in. but for but for some this is nick cage on a motorcycle this right. is right johnny storm this is or Johnny Blaze. Johnny Blaze. Yeah. This is this is Method Man. Right. 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 So you know, I talked to Method Man, right? I don't know. Oh, that's some hip hop stuff for you. That is. I want to hear that shit because that is what you did. You flipped the fucking script. Johnny Blaze. I mean, you brought something to Mark. This is what I was getting at earlier in the show. Is that you were doing shit with people on your own? I mean, that was raw. That was. I'm unencumbered by anything else. Well, I won't say that because I was working with Kodansha, which is like the biggest publisher over there. So they've got definitely have their guidelines. And those dudes I, are pornographic. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, well, show, well. But they, this is the thing. This is the thing. Okay. Uh, they may be they might be more lenient on sexual content, yeah. but not so much on violence. Where okay. in the states, you know, Western comics right. are fine with violence. They're not so much. And I have very violent stuff in People Too, where I had to edit it for the monthly book. But then when the books came out, they changed it. Which is something that most people wouldn't know. I didn't know when I got there. Right. They were like, well, there's some guy that gets eviscerated and like is, he's sitting on a toilet handcuffed and he's been cut up and really like, he's been carved like a Thanksgiving turkey. Right. And like, yeah. And like they carved words into his chest. I mean, you know, it's like really, you know, gruesome. And Yikes. again, not, not, you know, like uh, gratuitous. gratuitous. I mean, right. we're, we're, we're talking about Marimoto Rockstar. He's like a psychopath, you know? What's right. that? But. I didn't know that, you know, I saw Fist of the North Star and all this stuff. And I'm like, you guys are insane with the <laughs> gore, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, right there. And, um, so, I, you know, my not, editor was like, whoa, gratuitous. whoa, whoa, dude. Well, no, it isn't. It isn't because then we know what, we know what he's capable of. 
Right. But we know he's a psychotic. Like, dude, right after that page, his boss, the, the Yakuza boss, is like, what the hell's wrong with you? Like, why did you do that? That's not how we operate. We don't, the Yakuza, we're not butchers. We don't fuck people up. Right. You know, and he's just like, yeah, you know, that's what they do in the States. Like, his whole thing is, you know, we got to be cool like the States. Right. It get And, you know. But uh, either way, though, you right. are you are dealing with some some pressures there, right? But you come back to America mm-hmm. and you work on what I think. I mean, at the time you started working with Marvel was when they had been bought by Disney, right? Yeah. So we are concerned, right? Right. Know, as like, America, oh, of course, and as comic book readers too, right? You're like, right. what's going to happen to Wolverine and all right. this stuff? I mean, you're about miles. to fuck up Ghost Rider. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's one thing I was really happy about. It sounds strange now, but like, this is the thing. Like, you know, I really like what what we've done with all new Ghost Rider with Robbie Reyes and uh, and you know, and the artists I worked with. Uh, developing it, you know, like, I mean, I wanted to write and draw it, but I had a full-time job at Nick doing Ninja Turtles character design, right. so uh, I wasn't able to draw it, and it's the first time I ever worked with other artists. How cool was that? Uh, what, Turtles, or? No, no, just just uh, Ghost, Ghost Rider working with another oh. artist. Well, you know, how'd you get that shit first? Truthfully, all? all right, my editor, the my current editor called me up, and he's, he sent me an email, he's like, hey, um, I've got something cool that I, you know, I think you'd be great for, like, you know, let me know if you're interested, like, hit me up with an email. I'm like, oh, shit, all right, cool, Marvel, that's cool, you know. And uh, that, uh, 10 years ago, I'd worked with that editor on my first series, so we knew each other, you know, and it was very brief, briefly, because after that, he moved to Marvel. So he kind of set up my contract, and we kind of came up with the property, and then he left for Marvel. And, you know, 10 years later, he's like, hey, man, like, I got something, you know, like, let's talk. So he called me up. I had just been promoted to character designer on Turtles. I was working in the storyboard department doing revisions, and I was stoked to do to design characters. Uh, and then he called me, and he's like, hey, man, you want to work on some stuff? And I'm like, oh, shit. Like, I wish this would have happened like months earlier before I had this job. But I'm like, all right, let's do it. And I thought, how the hell am I going to do that? Because that's like a full-time <laughs> commitment right. to do comics also, you know? Mm. Which, you know, I thought I was going to draw it too. You know, and I assumed I was going to draw it too because until then I had never done anything other than my own stuff that I wrote and drew. So when he hit me up, he's like, yeah, you know, like we want to do Ghost Rider. And then I thought, oh, Ghost Rider? Like, Ghost Rider was a shit to me when I was in junior high. Like, yo, like I, that, that's like, you know, and it was, that was the Danny Ketch 90s Ghost Rider where he was like crossing over with Wolverine, Punisher, Spider-Man, Venom, like you name it. Like Ghost Rider was the shit in the 90s. They're making toys. Like it was cool. But then, you know, here come the, you know, the Nick Cage movies, which, you know, they, some of the stuff looked really cool, but like they, you know, people, fans of Ghost Rider didn't really like it that much. Right. They didn't right. respond. And then it kind of like, kind of, you know, kind of fell flat. It, it fell flat. And then Ghost Rider just kind of had like, tries to, you know, like a, like kind of research many, like almost like trying to research. But research, never but successful. Not, yeah, yeah. And, um. You know, so I thought about it, I'm like, man, but the biggest thing was, you know, Ghost Rider, everything's been done with it, and, like, it's, like, it doesn't seem like people are responding to it, and, I, you know, and as a creator, you want to do something different, you're like, well, how can I make it, like, how can I switch it, or turn, you know, do something different, and, um, and then he's like, yeah, well, you know, we want you to do a new one, and I was like, all right, cool, and he's like, well, this is the thing, like, there's two stipulations, and I'm like, all right, and they're like, he has to be younger, and I was like, all right, that's cool, that's easy. and he's like, we want, a, we want a younger audience, and I'm like, I'm cool with that, too. And they're like, and he has to drive a car. What? They, I, they came up with that yes, idea? Yes, my editor, Mark Paniccia, came up with that. 
And dude, he loves cars. He's had muscle cars before and stuff. Mind you, he didn't tell me what type of car or anything. He just said he has to drive a car. Yo, and actually, pro props to them because dude, I, yeah. I thought that oh. was you. No, 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 no. Now, the choice of the car, that 69 Dodge Charger with the blower, that's me. All right, well, yeah, that, that yeah, props yeah. to you yeah, for yeah. that. <laughs> but, I mean, the fact is that they actually even oh. said we're trying to go in that direction. Dude, well, my editor loves cars. And, he, as I said before, he's had a lot of muscle cars. I mean, he's, he's, he's partial to the Corvette. That's his thing. But I thought about it. And I'm like, well, it has to be kind of like a quintessential muscle car. Uh, it doesn't have to be a pretty flashy car. It just has to be like a sturdy, like, I'm going to fuck you up car. Right. And the thing about the 69 Dodge Charger, you know, it was the Dukes of Hazard. It was Bullet. Yeah. It was um, Fast and the Furious. And more recently, we've seen mm -hmm. it. But it's a car that's mm -hmm. just been on TV. It's kind of tried yeah. and true design-wise, too. Yeah. And I like it. It looks... It looks a little bit tougher than like a, a Challenger, mm -hmm. you know, also Dodge. Tougher than a Camaro. The 69 Dodge Charger doesn't have like exposed lights. They flip out, you know, but it's like right. it got this grill and it's just square and it's got like, it's just got a nice shape, you know. So, and I love the Dukes of Hazard as a kid. I mean, you just make that car black and, you know, you switch it up. But the whole thing that he wanted, you know, a younger guy was cool too because if you, the biggest thing that comics need right now is that you need to grow the audience, not only in, in terms of age demographic, which for the most part, it's still more adults that read it. Uh, you know, you also want, you know, more women reading comics and you want to diversify what you're and doing. And you want minorities. You to want read minorities. It. You want everybody to read it. And like the biggest thing with this, which I'm really proud of is uh, just from what I'm seeing on, on Twitter and, and Tumblr um, is we have a lot of, we have a lot of female readers that that love all new Ghost Rider. Who my my whole thing with Ghost Riders, I girls, it wasn't something they were really into. I don't think. And like now, you know, with Robbie, you know, we kind of, you know, we're doing something that people are enjoying. Yeah. So once he get, once they gave me those 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 guidelines, I was like, all right, let's do it. And uh, it's, it's sake time over here. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Say it the American way. Yeah. Sake. You want some? We got we to work after sake. this. Right. Yeah. Sake. But, um, but yeah, once they gave me that, then I started. And I decided I didn't want it to be East Coast. You know, Ghost Riders, for the most part, have been e mid er, you know, Midwest or East Coast. Right. And, you know, I live in L.A. And I've, I've always enjoyed, you know, setting up my stories here in L.A. Mm -hmm. So and I figured, all right, we'll make, let's make it East L.A. Uh, they said, hey, you know. He can be any any ethnicity you want. He can, you just they just said like roll with it, do whatever you want. And I thought about it. I'm like, well, if it's gonna be car themed, and it's gonna have kind of like a Fast and the Furious kind of like twist to it, which is what's going on right now. It's not right. so much motorcycles that people are into as much as cars. Right. And those movies are kind of doing really well too. And these are all things killing. that killing. You know, there's certain things that you you pay attention to in enter, entertainment wise, yeah. and see what what the trends are and what people are into. You don't have to be a slave to what's selling, which I think. A lot of times companies are like, well, this is the next best thing, so we've got to copy it. No, you don't have to do that. But you do, in my opinion, you have to pay attention to it and see what is it exactly about this that's doing well and what can we do that hits the same notes but at the same time is different. So I didn't go with like your, your souped up like Hondas and Hondas and like all your like Nissans. I didn't do that. That's Fast and Furious. I went with like classic muscle because yes. I wanted mm -hmm. the character to stick around. I didn't want it to be a fad. Right. You know, that 69 Dodge Charger is going nowhere. Right. You can listen to this podcast like 15, 20, 30 <laughs> years from now. That car is still going to be hot as hell. It That's is. That's not going to change. But maybe like a, a, you know, like a Skyline or something from like 2015 right. is going to be bullshit 15 years from now. But that Dodge Charger isn't going anywhere. So, yeah. and black's a classic color, you know, chrome, same thing, you know. Yeah. So, 
and then I thought, all right, well, you know, if you're going to look at all the kids that I saw that were into cars out here in L.A., especially when I worked at the karaoke, they were either Asian or Hispanic. Mm. And they'd come out here, they'd bring their cars yep. out, and they had yep. like, dude, they had sound systems in the car that were like more expensive than the car itself. Right. They'd have a Honda Civic that cost them, I don't know, like yeah. 20 grand or something. They, their Soup sound system's like 30 grand. Yeah. Like it was crazy, dude. You're tapping into a culture yeah. that's as deep, you know, exactly. as as comic culture, mm-hmm. you know, and as deep as hip hop. As deep as hip hop. Yeah. So yeah. it's like. It's a subculture. Yeah. And so, you know, I went with it, and then I figured, well, you know, like growing up in Latin America and Argentina, uh, I figured, you know, I, mean, yeah, I lived in Japan and I, I know, you know, Asian culture, at least Jap- on the Japanese side. Uh, but I figured, you know, to write a character really confidently and know like exactly the way he needs to think and how he needs to, you know, react to situations or whatever. I figured Robbie Reyes would be Latino. Reyes. And at Kings. the same time. Yeah. Kings. And at the same time, what I didn't want to do is I didn't want him to be a walking stereotype, you know, right. like, oh, well, and he's in a low rider. He's got a shaved head and. He's got a tank top. He's wearing lokes and, you know, like, uh, you know, like all that kind of Chinos. stuff. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, I, you know, Cortez's. I wanted it to be Cortez's. Dickies. Yeah, like Cortez, Dickies yeah. and whatever, which we have. We have yeah. those people in our comic, too. And they're part of his the setting. They're part of the neighborhood. They're part of what Robbie grew up around. But I wanted Robbie to be kind of a black sheep in his neighborhood. So instead of, you know, uh, 60, you know, like a, you know, a 74 Impala or something like that, like right. a lowrider, you know, right. he's in a muscle car. Right. You know, he wears skinny jeans and, like, leather jackets, and he's got, you know, a little dyed lock in his hair, and he's kind of a pretty boy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like he doesn't fit in with the, the crowd that he grew up around, but, like, that's him. You know, that's part of his own personality and his own character. And um, and so, you know, I got to kind of do this. The cool thing about Marvel, you know, so far working with him, we've done 12 issues of All-New Ghost Rider, which I wrote. I wrote all of them. I got to draw one and a half issues near the end. I wrote issue 11 and, and, and I, I drew, wrote and drew issue 11 and wrote and drew half of issue 12. But I also worked with Trad Moore, who's, um, he's doing Luther Strode right now. He did those books and he, you know, we worked together to do the first five issues. Then I worked with Damian Scott to do six through 10. And then I did 11 myself and then Chris Anka. Uh, help me out. We tag teamed issue twelve because we, we had some deadline stuff yeah. going on, and yeah, and it looks great Shit. because Chris is really good at like he's a very good draftsman, mm. and he's good at like picking up on the sensibilities of whatever artist. He's done that before where he's had to like help somebody out with a couple pages, right? And he knows how to like you know adhere to kind of their style and do something good. Also, I think Chris and I kind of have sen- similar sensibilities. We like the same kind of stuff, and we kind of you know draw things in, in a similar manner sometimes. So it, I think it worked really well. And then uh, after that, we had Ghost Racers, which we just finished issue four uh, on Friday. Wow. And it's a Secret Wars title. Mm-hmm. takes place in Battle World. Wow. And it's basically Death Race meets Spirits of Vengeance meets yeah. uh, Grindhouse. And it's basically a Death Race with all the Ghost Riders that have ever existed. You know, Johnny Blaze, Danny Ketch, Alejandra Blaze, uh, Kenshiro Blaze. Zero Cochran, that Ghost Rider 2099, wow. that like mechanical one. Uh, the cyborg guy. Then we got, you know, and then we got guys that, you know, that I, they had this little guy was named Knuckles O'Shaughnessy, little <laughs> tiny, tiny, like, uh, guy from the twenties. Yeah. Like, you know, and like <laughs> we put him in there. Then there was like a, there was a shark riding ghost rider. Ghost riders had its ups and downs story wise. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, obviously this is an opinion thing. Right. A lot of people loved that run where there was like a billion ghost riders and there was an army of ghost riders. But I think the important thing is 
the more ghostwriters you have, the less importance everyone gets because it's like, well, anybody's a ghostwriter. You know, how mm -hmm. many spirits of vengeance are there? Like, what's yeah. going on? So I tried to like, you know, pay homage to like all the, you know, all the stuff that fans of ghostwriters like, and also, you know, kind of guide things. We redesigned stuff. Like the original ghostwriter Johnny Blaze was around the time of Evil Can Evil. And he had like this high collared like jumpsuit. Right, yeah, so so let's jump into Method Man conversation. Oh yeah, right here before before right. we have to go. Okay, and, so uh, and let you get back to work. I'd been up all night working on on this stuff, and like I crashed out. Uh, I had to work at Nick, and I crashed out at like seven, and I had to be at work at ten. So like, I got like three hours. I you know I stayed overnight. And three hours is a is a is a good night. And by the yeah. way, this this is this is our connect. I believe this is our connect segment. Connect segment. Connect, connect, connect. Work. Politics did all. So like, uh, you know, I I get a call and like, you know, my editor knows that I start at ten. So like, anything before ten, it's like a me trying to get sleep. My editor isn't getting a lot of sleep either. Like he's really busy and stuff too. So he gets it. I get a phone call and it's like, you know, it's nine. I'm like, dude, this is like, I need like, you know, three, two, three hours at least. So I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll call him back at ten. You know. Then it goes up again, you know, so I, I listen to the message and he's like, hey, he's like, you know, uh, give me a call. You know, I, I need to talk to you about something. And I thought, oh, fuck, like, did they, we, did they send something to print wrong? Like, oh, did, no. did they mess up, like, the dialogue or did Damn. we send some wrong files out? So I call back. I'm like, hey, man, everything cool? Like, what's going on? And he's like, oh, I, I got somebody who wants to talk to you. And I'm like, all right. And, like, man, I had not slept. Like, I was, like, on two hours of sleep. And, uh, you know, and they're like, hey, hey, yo, what's up? And I'm like, who's this? He's like, oh, it's a fellow Smith, you know, just trying to give you props on a job well done. <laughs> and I'm like, all right. And like, I don't even know what's going on. I'm like, all right, yeah. This is. He's like, yo, it's Method Man. What? And I'm like, what? what? And he's like, oh, shit. You know, I'm like, oh, man. Like, Dude, I was super tired. You know, man, like you had like two hours of sleep. Yeah. I didn't know what was going on. You know, and he's like, yeah, a fellow Smith. And, I, you know, he's Clifford Smith, you know. But I, you, I just, I didn't understand what was going on. I'm like, who's this? Do I know you? Like, are you an editor at Marvel, you know? And, uh, you know, because he was talking like, you know, like we know each yeah, other, you know. Fellow and, uh, Smith. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, man, shit. He's like, yeah, yeah, I like what you're doing, man. I like your boy Robbie Reyes. Yeah. You know, I've been reading your stuff. Yeah, I'm like, oh, man. He's like, yeah. yeah he's I a like big him. comic book. Yeah, you, I mean, shit, his moniker, yeah. you know. So, you know, Johnny Blaze, I mean, that Blaze got a different reference too, you know? Mm -hmm. But, uh, but yeah, I was like, oh, she's like, yeah, man, I like what you're doing, man. You keep doing that stuff, man. You know, it's looking good. You know, I was like, oh, man, thanks a lot. He's like, yeah, yeah. And then, like, you know, that was it. That was a phone call. But, like, I wish I would have been more awake to, because, you know, I, you know, I think my response was kind of like, ah, that's cool. Thanks. You know, I wasn't like, yo, dude, what? Ah! Like, hey, you know, kind of like, playing uh, it cool. What's so, that? So, nah, I, I rarely ever play so it cool. So, Method Man. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of not my style, dude. Right. So, Method Man, if you're listening. Yeah, man. Thanks, dude. Thanks yeah. for reading and supporting, and definitely thanks for the phone call. I even got a, I got a photo of him holding my uh, variant cover for, uh, yeah. for issue two of All New Ghost Rider. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Um. So, yeah, he's cool. I mean, he likes, you know, he likes comics. He likes Ghost Rider, definitely. And, uh... I don't know. You know, maybe one day we'll collaborate on something. You know, that's that could be, be a possibility. Hey, 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 sure. Ghostface is doing comics. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but I think I think Method Man's done some stuff in comics too. Stuff. You know, he, yeah, I did. Sanford um, Green did some shit with yeah. him. Yeah. So I mean, him you know, it's a thing. That's a cool thing, though. You know, when uh, when you know, like artists of different disciplines, you know, collaborate to do stuff. You have it in animation too. Yeah. You know, and uh, you know, it's always a good thing. You know, I think. I think a combination of disciplines 
will create, yeah. you know, like well, a, a really like, you know, exciting project. Artists, artists respect other artists, even if no it's if some different, you know, different lane, if it's art versus music, like we mm-hmm. still have that artist outlook on, you know, your outlook on life, you know, and they, you, you connect in that way. Oh, for you know? sure, man. And yeah. It's a grind. It's, it's a grind no matter what, you know. So, hey, Felipe, real quick, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you work with DMC? Yeah, I did. Oh, shit, right? Yeah. Uh, that, uh, from Run DMC. That's right, yeah. Yeah. Daryl McDaniels. What'd yeah, you, yeah. What'd you do with that? Uh, I did a couple couple covers for uh, DMC, the comic, and I did a chapter in uh, DMC number one. Right. Uh, yeah, it was cool, Because he's big into comics right now. Oh, yeah. No, he loves it. He's like, I mean, he's been big into comics ever since, like, back in the day, man. Like, that was... Uh, that was kind of, uh, you know, he's, he always says he's got great stories, man. You listen to him. Thanks, man. Yeah. You listen to him talking. I'm the cool I mean, old guy right now. That was, yeah, yeah. You're the cool old guy that doesn't yeah. uh, play. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, he always says, man. Like, you know, he was kind of like a, a shy, kind of mild-mannered, kind of geeky kid that was into comics and stuff. But, like, when he had to get up on stage, you know, he had to, like, turn into a superhero persona to yeah. really get out there and rock the crowd. And he's like, yo, I'm DMC. Damn. You know, that was his yeah. thing. Hey. All right. And, oh, uh, he's got he had an alter ego. Yeah. Rappers got alter egos, oh, yeah. too. Hell yeah. And that's the thing. Johnny Blaze and a damn mm-hmm. thing changed, you know, yeah. to yeah. Tony, Stark. Tony Starks. Yeah. Even <laughs> Slick Rick. Damn I mean, MF. Slick. Motherfucking yeah. Doom. MF Doom. Hell yeah, yeah, exactly. Rappers yeah, have alter egos, too. Felipe was the dude who put me onto the DMC book. Nice. Because they was looking for other yeah, artists, man. remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's like, you hit up the twins. Connect gang. Hell yeah, connect man. Gang. Like, hey, you know anybody who can Pop rock this? I'm like, connect fuck you, yeah, dude. What? <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Forgot Beautiful. about that shit. So, Me too. um. <laughs> the sock, sponsored by sock, Sake. Sake. Yeah. Sponsored by Sake. We're going to wrap it up so we can go to work tomorrow. But. All right. Can, we, can I ask one question? You can. All right. Felipe. You just did. Yeah. <laughs> I did ask you a yeah, question. That's, 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 My that's second question is. Felipe, top five MCs. Oh, man. See, this is where I'm going to say stuff that like, I'm going to sound like somebody who knows exactly what I know, which is nothing. All right. Uh, how, how about top, top of your top five MCs? Yeah. Which one is the wild card? Give us your wild card. Wild card, man. I don't Who's know, man. Wild card. This is the thing. Like, when I, for, me, for me, man, my favorite, my favorite was always Tupac. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, Tupac's like standard now. Yeah. But when I was listening to him, that's before he died, man. I came to the States in 96, before, like, yeah, 96. And he had that Hit Him Up album. And like, I couldn't afford to buy a full album. So I had like, I went to like the Walgreens, like CD thing. Oh, yeah, it was like four ninety nine, And it had that track, Hit Him Up, where he's like, Biggie, you fucked your wife. Y'all gonna die of sickle cell anemia, you fucking weak ass motherfucker. That was against my <laughs> you know? beat too. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. He was like, right? he was, he was That's just like, you know, just, yeah. he was going at everybody. He was like going at everybody. <laughs> yeah. And I remember sitting there with my cousin, we were drawing, just sketching stuff out. I was drawing some shit. And I'm like, man, you say that on the radio and shit? Like, I'm like, man, somebody's gonna come at this dude. Like, you're gonna kill him. I remember saying that, dude. Mm. And, you know, my cousin's like, I don't know. Like, he didn't really care. And then, yeah, like, it was a matter of months. And he died, you know? I also remember seeing him on, like, I don't know if it was was the MTV Awards. He came up on stage with Tupac. And I'm like, er, with uh, Snoop. I'm like, how how tiny is Tupac? Right. Mm. But it's like, nah, Snoop's like. Snoop is huge. Snoop's tall. Yeah, he's like 6'5 or something. He's six and change. Yeah. So, like. 
I was like, what? Like, it just looked crazy. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, then that happened. And like now it's like, you know, if you say, it almost seems like, you say you like Tupac, it's like, yeah, whatever. Like, I like peanut butter and jelly. It's like Michael Jordan. Yeah, Michael Jordan, yeah. But there's a reason why people pick Michael Jordan. Right, exactly. fucking man. Exactly. Same thing with with Tupac. Um, Yo, man, you guys remember a guy named, what was his name? Capadonna? Yeah. Oh, from Wu-Tang. And uh, he was on wait, off, yeah. all on the family. No, wait, that's not all right. Wait, it's, it's a cat dude. He he was in a he was in a war with some other dude, and then like he fucking disappeared. And I'm talking like this is like late. Oh, 90s. I, you're thinking about cannabis. Cannabis, dude. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. man, I thought yeah. cannabis was ill as shit, dude. He was. Cannabis still came out with albums. He was. Cannabis was dope. There was a line, Slaughterhouse uh Joel Ortiz says, Don't act like can Cano wasn't a savage. Like he paid. Right. Even what though, to that even dude, though he's on Eminem's he label, he still has stuff. Is he doing stuff? Yes. Why did he? I, but yeah, he was, because he got it was him and LL. Yeah. It was him and, and LL. LL. He right. went against the machine. LL's mama said no. Oh, he LL fucked up. crushed him. Yeah, he stepped exactly, on him. Yeah. But dude, is that it? Then yeah. people are no. like, "Well, that's it. You're done." He had well, this. He had that was that age of hip hop where you could get done. Yeah. In a battle, it wasn't even about. The personal shit, no. like oh, right. you know, I had sex with your baby moms. Right, you right, know, right. it was just like I ruined you on wax. He didn't say I had sex with your baby mom. You nah, that was your wife, is what he said. <laughs> 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 that sounds a lot worse, dude. No, I, I'm thinking about Nas, Jay Z. Oh, okay. You know, <laughs> I'm about Tupac just getting way too real on that track, dude. Like, you know. Tupac had no you claim show. to be a player, but I fucked your wife. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no chill. I know. I was mad at Faith for that. Oh, shit. Cannabis, man, cannabis dude. kept on coming out with stuff. He did a he did, uh, he did an album with uh, Stoop from Jedi Mind Tricks. He did. Yeah. All right. He did a song yeah. called Poet Laureate, which is a cannabis while back. Cannabis had bars, right. bro. How about this guy rapped for like eleven minutes. Yeah, straight. Man. yeah. yeah. no, but you're right. right I mean, so that's, it, that's in bad the... on me for not like yeah. keeping up and looking out yeah. for yeah. stuff that I care. No, about. he still comes up. But he was a little four horsemen. Yeah. Yeah. With yep. Razkaz, I yep. think, and a few others. I yeah, remember, I, I, yeah, like back in school, I listened. I, dude, I was down. Cannabis was the fucking man yeah. at one point. Yeah. Like his bar, he was like pre Eminem. Okay, we got a wild card. Got, got a wild, wild card. card. No, I, think I, I, think, I think, yeah, yeah. yeah. All Definitely. right, favorite hip hop album of all time, Felipe Smith. I like the Chronic, rock. man. Okay, yeah. well, shit, you yeah, can't man. fuck with that. Yeah. Oh, but Doggy Style is good too. I like Snoop, man. Snoop's dope. Uh, Oh no, West Side Connection. Oh, oh shit. shit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, that's fingers too twisted in the middle. No, no, no. Yeah. No, that's my West Coast, bro. You know. Worldwide West Side. Worldwide West Side. West Side Connection. Damn. That's yeah. I Mac 10, Ice Cube. That's that's my album. That yeah. take back, I take it back. No, okay. East Coasters have we're, we're real particular about. Yeah, we back. are. I Man, mean, four I'm, fingers up, two twisted in the middle. I get it. Oh, oh man, hey. <laughs> I also like you can't really nature, go wrong. man. There you Brand. go. I like all that boom bop stuff. All of it. Yeah, Brando Calrissian. He, he got yeah. the uh, he got the Karras one shirt. Uh, Adam got the, the shirt course. on right now. Oh, you with go. a Dapper Dan outfit on. Classic. <laughs> <laughs> Where'd you get that shirt, bro? You eclectic, man. That's, hey man, that's I'm good. You, you, you eclectic with some <laughs> heavy West 
Coast. <laughs> you talking, Gangster. You talking Felipe Influence. right here. Yeah, 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 Cal Rizzian's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in Sky City right now. Yeah. <laughs> he happy with that shit. He's like, yes. No, I got to say, though, I definitely lean West hard. Yeah. For That's sure. good. We yeah, need do, West Coast. No, we need West Coast. I respect it. And, and yeah. Dub C is a underrated. Yeah, he is. Underrated. Oh, man, I like lyrical. Yeah. Assassin. I mean, I must say, dude, early stuff. 90s, like, West yeah, like even Dubsy in the Mad like, Circle stuff before, yeah. before West Coast. Also, uh, East Siders with the Snoop, Snoop's Snoop, East yep. Siders. I like that too. Yep. You on anything yeah. now, Felipe? Uh, dude, I haven't listened to. Nah, what am I even listening to, dude? I don't. You know what's fucked up, dude? Yeah, I'm waiting like, to hear. Yeah, like I don't, I don't listen to music that often. Really? That this is, is and this is up. why it is. It draw? is, it is. <laughs> when I draw, I listen to like shows. Really? Mm. What shows? Like any show where it's people talking, they run, they, they move the story through dialogue so I can keep drawing and not have to look. Mm-hmm. That's you what listen, I do because you, you know what happens with music? Like what show? Like Seinfeld. Oh man, anything from like, right now I'm watching El Cartel. It's like some Colombian show about like the drug cartel after Escobar went down. Dude, it's like a soap opera, but just people oh, get shit. killed constantly. It's not the best show, but you like, listen I can to listen podcasts? to it. I don't listen to podcasts because they need to listen to all no, hip hop shit. shit. <laughs> <laughs> Word up! But dude, anything from The Office Slipping. to like Sopranos to The Wire, you you can watch The Wire. Wire you can listen. Shit. You can listen to The Wire and not look at it. Well, when people are getting, he probably up, watch it like watch five it, but like, times. But also, I've seen, I've seen, no, I've seen The Wire. Yeah. I've seen The Wire like that's seven, seven shit times. Right there. We, we was just talking about The Wire today at work. The Wire is my all-time favorite show. Me too. Except I'm about to say right I'm about to say one thing. I love The Wire, but if Game of Thrones goes six seasons, see, I gotta get, I gotta catch up on Game of Thrones. It might be Game of Thrones, but right now, Wire's top. I gotta say, my tops is Sopranos. Believe it or not, yeah, no, that's, that's, that's hey, shit. Hey. Yep, yo, because that's a show that like. You, what, you know, what we're talking about. We like, could do a whole pod like, on dude, this. Y'all know that, right? Those we characters. Could, yeah. Hey, the wires, okay. The wire and the shield, right? I like yeah. both of them. Right. They got like s- similar themes. Right. The city, how things are run, corruption, people like struggling to make it, the side of the law and being off the side of the law and everything. But the wire, sometimes it hurts. The wire is the wire is tough. It's tough. No, because you know, it, stuff in the shield is real too. The shield is more. It's not bubble gum, but compared to the wire, it's like uh, the the easier side of the rough stuff. Right. The mm-hmm. wire, like. Cuts you deep sometimes. It does. Yeah. It takes out. It takes people away from you that you don't want. the 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 shield does it, but right at the last minute. Yeah. So you're having a great time with all these guys are fucking busting heads, doing what it takes to, to you know, to do the right thing. Sometimes doing it wrong, and then near the end, it gets really real. Where the wire just like it stabs you right away. It just yeah. stabs you. you just and get you, and you just yeah. leaking through the whole episode. Yeah, the whole episode, the whole season, the whole series. You're like, oh. Man, it's and it's a great show. Mm-hmm. It's just like you know, it gets you down sometimes, man. It's yeah, just like fuck, it's rugged, man. Hey, it's man, it's good. It's good. When Omar left, it was all sadness. Oh man, yeah. I mean, what yeah, a Omar's a great character, Omar, character, man. Like, if this is a spoiler, if you fucks didn't watch the wire, I don't care. Omar, pure disrespect. You don't have to see listen, this. Listen, your shit down. Omar got popped in the head by a little kid. Oh yeah. man, what are you doing? Spoilers up. That, that's what I said. Well, I said <laughs> might you you, need to you didn't watch it. Yeah. Right to watch it. Uh, yeah. Did you not see? You didn't see that part. No, I saw it. I feel okay, that's sorry what I'm for saying. whoever no. didn't. And if you didn't catch to... up, well, it's too bad for you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but you're down with the Sopranos. Right. Oh, I love it. I love it. I think so it's got really shit. good, really good character development. Great dialogue. 
And those characters feel like real characters, and they grow. They grow season to they season. Grow. You go back and you watch the show, and you can tell that's that's Tony or that's like Meadow or like Pauly from like years ago. Uh, no, nah, it's really good. I think that's they, a genius way, actually, to really uh, analyze a show right. by not even watching it and just listening by to listening it. to it. That's yeah, real. Yeah. That's real so the, the, there's something there. I can't really. I gotta listen even to music. Offer all day, an opinion. Bro. Yeah. See, music after a while, it just puts me to sleep, man. Uh, different shit. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I, I mean, dude, I, uh, you guys were outraged when I said that. Most people are. They're like, yeah. man, fuck you. You don't listen to music? Right. I got it in the morning. I can do it. Yeah. I'm awake. Oh. Like, by the time ah. I'm running out of batteries, I need, I need some kind oh, of I'm talk yeah. radio. Yeah. I'm talk radio oh, right yeah? now. Yeah. On the ride to work, yeah. I'm talk radio. You listen yeah. to NPR or anything like that? <laughs> <laughs> you listen to, to Shit, Stern? I This is the only dude yeah. from Cincinnati by way of Long Island. That's actually where my mom grew up. Oh, wow. How did I just you? There you go. Oh, you that's why. What part of Long Island? Great Neck. Okay, it's it deep. Yeah, well, that's my mom. <laughs> yeah. But I, I'm uh, Cincinnati, then yeah. to LA. But yeah. be Brando Calrissian, you fucking nailed me, man. <laughs> we were wide on. We were wide on some hip hop right. shit. So hey, cheers, so fellas. seriously, cheers. Yeah, we didn't cheers, man. Cheers. We did it now. Cheers. Yes. Uh, this has been fucking amazing. Illuminating. And we Illuminati. We'll have, we will do it again. Illuminati wants your mind, soul, and your body. Yeah. Always remember that shit. You guys got the Illuminati symbol right here. I didn't say anything. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just fucking around. Sorry, man. It's the sake. Sake. <laughs> so Felipe. Yes. You come back? Oh, I'd love to, man. You guys yeah. if you guys are gonna yeah. Have me and not yeah. be like, man, forget this guy. I'll, nah, I'll come no, back, dude. No, nah, because we got more shit to talk about. Definitely. With you. I think we oh, gotta... there's always stories, man. Yeah. There's always Yo, this stories. This guy, man, this guy has stories for days. <laughs> yeah. We had some great, some great off the record stories. Bro. Oh, yeah, man. Well, dude, wait, do we, we've known each other for a long time, man. We yeah, met, we, we met like more than 10 years ago. We met yeah. in like 2004. Right. We were mad at Comic Con. Three, four, yeah. So, so this guy just came up and just started talking to me like he knew me. I was like, I was like, this is, should I hit him? He showed, <laughs> nah, it was all love. It was, it was mad peace. And I was like, oh, this dude is cool. And he showed me his artwork. I was like, yeah, yeah, this this shit is dope. Well, I'd seen the blockhead stuff. And I right, was like, yeah. yo, but this is those guys. But then to see, you, to see this guy like- <laughs> These are the just, mad twins, son. There you go. Dreadlock right. mad twins. Right. Up right. In no yeah, no yeah, more yeah. dreads no, man. on the twins. Yeah, man. Felipe yeah, man. keeping it. I'm back. Yeah, you know, well, somebody, somebody, you know, <laughs> yeah. when they're going back out, I'll cut them. You know, we'll keep it, we'll keep it going back. But, 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 li but listen, my son got dreads. Down, okay, down. Okay. The ah, there you go. He do, he does. Next yeah, generation. Man. Yeah, next. I gotta I had to, I had to pass it on. But Felipe, like it was two Comic Cons in a row. Oh, I remember. And then like I was with there with my girlfriend yeah, at the yeah, time. Yeah. You guys had those figures out. Yep, and I got yep. them. Dude, I was so broke. Did you buy them? Yeah, man. You yeah. did. Yeah. You need them signed. Yeah. <laughs> well, especially, dude. Uh, Essence, man. Nice. For my girl, dude. Yeah, she loved it. Right. She had the little Adidas and that pink. She had a pink jacket. That made your whole trip. Oh, dude. No, I was so Yeah, she loved it. I was like, yo, I got you. That's That's I'm so gonna eat classic. some pretzels now. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, dude, I was so Stories. broke when I met you guys, man. Shit. All right. 
You well, was, you, <laughs> was just there, you was just there kicking it. We was just kicking it, bro. Yeah, dude. Yeah. We was kicking it. No, man, that's that's good times, dude. Yeah, well, that's good spare. And then I ran it. I ran into you. I know you guys, we, we, cut we, it. we gonna carry this. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> like you guys can talk by yourselves. Like shut up already. Man. Hold on. What was, what's, what's, what's that Mex- Mexican fucking restaurant? Um, the fast food one. Which one? The um, the one in oh, the one on Venice, man. Yeah, yeah. I don't even remember what it's called. I, just, yeah, yeah, I thought yeah, you were yeah, gonna talk about Chabalita. No, it's not Chabalita. It's the fucking what Tito's what? Tacos, dude. Nah, nah. It's, it's like the chain. I it's the Tito chain tacos. one. Yeah, no. I, I saw this. I saw this guy head. Wearing oh, what Baja Fresh? Yeah, Baja Fresh. There you go. <laughs> That's also on Venice. Yeah. Oh man, Culver yeah, yeah. City. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Shout out to Culver All right. City. All right. On that we'll, note. we'll keep reminiscing off off a uh, yes, off, of off air. On yeah, that note, air. Culver City stand up. Uh, <laughs> Just west of Compton. <laughs> Just west of Compton. <laughs> <laughs> well, isn't that northwest of Compton? Just northwest of Compton. Just you, east you of Venice the Beach. North part. Yeah, a lot, exactly. a lot of the East Coast is gonna be like, oh man, it's not that far, huh? No, yeah, right. <laughs> it's a miles away. Right, right. It's a long ways away, but dude, I used to ride my skateboard to Venice Beach. It took like two hours, wow. dude. <laughs> That's hardcore. But yeah, dude, I had no ride, man. <laughs> is I want to hear that story next time on some hip hop shit. Work. This, is, this was good, guys. Felipe, where can we check you out? How do we stay in contact? Oh yeah. What do we know? What do we need to know? All right. Follow me on Tumblr. It's Felipe F E L I P E Smith Art. The Tumblr, and then Felipe Tweeters F E L I P E T W E or T W E E. T-E-R-S. You sure? <laughs> yeah, Felipe Tweeters. Just look me up, man. All There's right. some other Felipe Smith from Brazil, man. Forget that guy, man. Some guy just <laughs> tripping on LSD. Taking your name. Became huge. Yeah, dude. I was like, I was holding it down on Google. Now this this LSD freak is like taking over. But anyway, LSD you find me on freak. Twitter. Yeah. Yo, also, hashtag Felipe Smith, like the real Felipe Smith for Work. me. Let people know what's up. That's, that's <laughs> when you know when you're successful, you yeah. have to put the real Felipe Smith. Yeah, yeah. 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 But uh, yeah, check me out. I, I actually, I get on that. I post drawings like new art. Uh, I try to do it daily. I let people know what I'm doing. I don't usually tweet like, hey, I ate a cool hamburger. Like, I don't do nonsense like that. I just, right. this is coming out. Check out all new Ghost Rider. Check out Ghost Racers. Or I got a book coming out or whatever. I'll let you know that stuff. And then if I have an interview or a podcast like this one right now or anything like that or a signing, that's usually what I tweet. So I'm not wasting your time like this guy again. I also retweet anything you talk about what I'm doing though. Cool. I, I really enjoy and uh, I really appreciate the support. So I'll always retweet your tweets about Give me that Twitter handle again. Felipe Tweeters. Felipe Tweeters. Yeah. Is tweeters, it is it got a blue check mark next to it? Oh, the official like Felipe yeah, yeah, yeah. I sh- I don't know how to do that. I should. Yeah. I'm the most official. There's also yeah. a, dude, there's also a Harvard doctor named Felipe Smith. You know what I thought, man? I got I a Spanish th- name and an English last name. I'm like, yeah. yo, I got this. Right. What other Felipe Smiths? They're like, you're Felipe? You should be like Rodriguez or something. You, yeah, Smith, you should be like guys. John or something. No, like I'm like, I got yeah, it. And no, got, no. There's plenty. Yeah. So like, but I'm the one that's working the hardest. So. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's telling the truth. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Other Felipe Smiths fall back. Yes. <laughs> Mark, my man. Yes, sir. How can we check you out? Mad Twins at uh, Instagram. Uh in the Facebook. Yeah. Give them the Mad Twin spellings. M A D T W I I N Z. Z. Double I and a Z. On some hip hop shit. Yes. You know? Right. Blockheads. Check the blockheads too. Spelling is B O B L O K H E D Z. Very, very hip hop shit or very young shit. 
Yeah, uh, and that's you know, coming out again. You guys are doing that. Yeah, stuff we working again. on that shit right now. Dude, Blockheads is the shit, man. Yeah, man. Yo, we working on it, bro. I met Blockheads before I met them, and I was like, yes, yes. he's doing this. Heads bro. from the Yo. block. Heads from the block, bro. Mm-hmm. On that note, Brando Calrissian. Yes. Any any uh, last words? Keep it funky. All right, keep it dirty. This is Adam. <laughs> I'm here with Mason Booker, the engineer. Sleeping in the joint. This guy, we kept him up late tonight. <laughs> Meltdown Comics and Collectibles, Hollywood, California. Thank you for listening. Peace. Peace. This episode of On Some Hip Hop Shit was produced by Brandon Schultz and Adam Silverstein, engineered by Mason Booker, and recorded at the Meltcast Podcast Studios, Hollywood, California. They got street legends. Our theme was produced by King Smo of the Animal Crackers. And a special thanks to Francisco, Gaston, Mark, and Mike Davis. Artwork by Self Uno. Tweet to us at our brand new handle at on some hip hop shit. And that is what's up. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.